When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Having a terrible week? Well, hang in there because we are back with your favorite Avatar The Last Airbender rewatch podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Muhammad, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Jacob Redmond. Jacob, how you doing? I'm doing well, Zach. You know, I'm just so uh, bad at being good, or maybe I'm actually good at being bad. I really can't <laughs> tell which one I am, but I'm one of the two. I'm one of the two. We'll figure out which one it is. Uh, yeah, I'm not really sure which, but uh, I've actually had a very emotional day, Zach. Uh, and I would say it's on the later side. So I would just like to prepare people for where I am. And I just hope people accept me as I am. And we'll have a great pod. Well, I know I will accept you as you are. And so will our guest. Please welcome back the great Felipe. <laughs> Felipe, once again, make his third appearance on the pod. I think you're the first time to join the three timers club. Patrick, baby, yes, I'm here. Uh, th- I am very excited to be here. I uh, also am, uh, I don't know what my trans is. I had a joke and then Jacob made a face, so I lost it. But I do have, I do have beef. <laughs> wait, wait, I made a face and you I lost it? I had a it? joke. Yeah, I lost my joke because your face was like, when Zach was like, oh, Jacob uh, is happy you're here too or whatever. And then he was like, oh, no, oh, 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 oh. I- Felipe, I'm ecstatic that you were here. Okay. What Zach said is that you would get past uh, like my like messiness, and that is not true. Uh, as, <laughs> no. as someone as someone who gets dragged regularly on what you're doing, your Phineas and Ferb podcast, I have. Sir, you have not listened to that podcast in months. Please, um, that is not true, sir. So uh, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Anyway, it is November, so it's time for a mess. Um, is that how it works? I don't know. Yeah, uh, I, I know. I've, I've never okay. heard that about November. People That's on the winter Twitter, comes and winter is messy. People on Twitter have been complaining about November. They're like, "Oh, November's so bad," and it's like, I don't understand how we all collectively decided this year that it's time to start complaining about November. Like, I'm on board with it, but I really did not get the memo. I feel a little bit left out. I just, I don't know what to do. Sorry, I don't, I don't know what to do for you either. Uh, <laughs> I'll try to help you through it. <laughs> Well, actually, hearing sorry is all I need. Like, honestly, the best way to make me feel better is just saying, like, oh, that sucks. That's all I need. And it's all right. Well, Um, actually, no. Before we do, I do apologize for you. I I have some beef with you, Jacob, specifically. Zach, you're in the clear. Okay, cool. uh, I sent a great T-Quartet idea last week for the professor. And Jacob said it made him laugh quite hard. And I was offended that he didn't bring it up. I did bring it up in the pre-show. And oh. did not tell you about it. Now, should I have told you about it? Yes. Uh, but no, we did not end up doing it. Also, okay, it was... I, it was, uh, I, I was proud of it. For someone what was the T-Quartet idea again? Uh, quantity, price, supply. Is it demand? What was the last one? Yeah, demand. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, Zach, I said it. So there you go. Zach, as, with Zach as my witness, you don't need to drag me too hard. Now, <laughs> I should have probably told you that I got the idea, but... 
hey, what can I do? I'm just glad I made you laugh. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a very funny idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there you go. See, I can do uh, some economic talk. Not as well as Professor Strunk. Nowhere near. That man is a legend. We stand the kindness of that nice sir, but... <laughs> True, I, he was great. He's one of the nicest people ever. Yeah. Um, our guests, Zach, have actually been, like, freaking phenomenal. Like, we've, like, we've had some incredible guests on this podcast. Like, it is pretty crazy. No, I agree. Shout out to everyone who's come on. Like, we've had some amazing... I think our episodes with guests have been our best episodes, probably. Mm -hmm. So, shout out to all the people who've come on. They've all been amazing, honestly. And you being here for the third time, I think that... Does that mean I'm the best of the best? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not trying to start beef. (laughs) No, captain of the guest, Felipe. You've been here uh, once for each book. No, I haven't. Um, Wait, really? I was here twice for season two. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I think I think I, uh, the episode I wanted to do, y'all may have uh, in, had a better choice. AJ was a much better choice. For what episode? Oh, Water for season master? one, yeah. And I was like, yeah, no, yeah, pick yeah. AJ over me every day. AJ is perfection. Well, actually, I tried to invite AJ on this podcast and he said no. And I was like, dang it. Okay, Felipe, I guess you can come on. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't blame you. That if is you not have true, a choice but- between me and AJ, pick AJ Norris every single day of the week. I would do it. And I live with myself 24 hours a day. <laughs> Wait, you would pick AJ to be on a podcast instead of you. You would have AJ record a podcast that you're not on, and that would be better. I, I think so. AJ, AJ, literally, I fell out of my chair on a joke he did on a podcast last week uh, for sex education. We did one on the Brazilian dragon. That man is so funny. I was struggling to have in, uh, no pain in my face because I was laughing so much. Wow. Well, I've had a lot of pain in my face today. I've cried twice a different form of media, including this episode of Avatar. I don't know what it was, but the fact that like Zuko's redemption story finally made it and like we have him just being so genuine and like him like messing up, but then like really like wanting to be accepted. Like it actually, I actually shed a tear, like a tear streamed down my face. So first time Avatar has ever made me cry maybe the last i think but uh i'm excited to get into this because who knows i might cry in the podcast uh i i it's not the first time zach would have ever cried on an avatar episode because he was crying tears of boredom during bottle of the water tribe <laughs> tears of boredom i've never heard of that before <laughs> you've ever heard bored to tears okay i have heard bored to tears i now i'm thinking about it it makes absolutely zero sense yep. or to tears is not an express it is an expression it's not a logical expression and then tears of boredom is just a weird way to phrase it i don't think it's actually a thing but I went for it. I, okay <laughs> yeah i i mean i like the reference you are right like people do say it but people also say weird stuff that doesn't make sense well, shall we dive right into the episode? I mean, it's been a great pre-show, so pre-episode. <laughs> Before we get <laughs> to the episode, so did y'all see the Avatar news of the week? No, I haven't. Yes. Actually. What is it? We, Daddy we J. Have- Kim, sorry, Daniel J. Kim, um, is going to be cast as uh, Fire Alert Ozai? Yeah, we had quite uh, quite the like news coming out about the uh, live-action Avatar. This is like people's, I guess, dream casting um, for Avatar. So, like, if that's the case, like, cool i guess like you know people on in the avatar streets were saying like this is the best fire lord ozai that we could have do you not think so felipe no sorry i was examining i told you in the pre-show that i had 
some mishap no. shaving and I was just like being like, oh, does it even? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. So everyone needs to like uh, be able to, you know, hear what happened. Felipe was turning his head side to side to check his sideburns, which also is the same expression for shaking your head no. No, I get that. <laughs> so when I was saying that he was like the ultimate fan casting for Fire Lord Ozai and Felipe shaking his head no, I was like, huh? <laughs> um, no. Anyway, classic, uh, classic miss, miss what? For a communication major, I'm not, I, we got, we got a lot of miscommunication going on so far. Yes, we do. Uh, Anyway, yeah, so that that is exciting news coming out of like the Avatar, uh, the world. I I still don't think that the live action Avatar is like saved. I think it still has a lot more problems. Like do I don't know, know the creators leaving. Do we know what it's gonna? Is it gonna be just a remake of the story that we know, or is it gonna be like more like individual like storylines, like random like one off episodes with the cast that they have? I'm not sure, but I just think I've worked on Netflix television shows and they really half-ass it. And also just like, I don't know, the, the a lot of their live-action shows are not very good. I know they're releasing a live-action Cowboy Bebop, which I'm interested to check out, but I'm going in with very low expectations on all these live-action Netflix shows for yeah, a wide actually, variety of reasons. Zach, that comes out next month, right? Yes, it does. Yeah, that's very exciting. Oh, also... Uh, Avatar The Last Airbender on Netflix is happening in Vancouver. Zach, you should try to be in the background of a shot. Oh, the Netflix show is filming in Vancouver? Yeah, that would be pretty epic if you were like on it in any way. Refugee number three? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm kind of out of the movie industry business now. With COVID and stuff, I think it's a little mm-hmm. unsafe, but Okay. Yeah, and I got a real jo- I got a real job now, so yeah. I don't know if I have the time to be doing extra work anymore. It was fun while it lasted. It was a fun job, but I don't know if I'm doing it anymore. Well, maybe I should fly to Vancouver. I can meet you and be in the background of a shot. Like that sounds incredible. <laughs> True. Yeah. Maybe I'll see if I can get a job as a COVID PA there, and then oh. then. We can all be there hanging out. Do, do you think that if I like told them, I was like, hi, I would like to be in the background of a shop, please. I actually have a podcast about Avatar that they'd be like, go away or they'd be like at all interested. No, they'd be like, go away. Well, firstly, you can't contact sets directly. You'd have to go through an extra agent or like a background agent is more the term. And then, yeah, you'd have to talk to one of those people and hope they cast you on it. Yeah. Uh, also, they would probably try to vet you and be like, "Oh, so let's listen to your podcast, see what your takes." And then they'll scroll back to like two minutes ago where you said, "Oh, this show is going to be trash." <laughs> I'm sorry. If anyone is starting the podcast, if you start on season three, episode twelve, we have beef. My Twitter is at JK Redmond. If this is your first episode that you are listening to, you and I are enemies. So there you go. If this is your first episode, we are not friends. Why are you starting in the middle of what season three? Are a friend of mine and trying to check out my episode. Oh, okay, fine. There okay. is okay in my beef. Uh, there is a Felipe exemption where if Felipe specifically sends you this episode. Then you are allowed for this to be your first episode. Otherwise, please start with Felipe's first appearances, or uh, like I direct you to the beginning of season three. Honestly, the or first few episodes. One? The, the first few episodes, like, Zach and I, we were figuring it out. So, like, maybe you could start, like, season one, episode five. Like, maybe that's when we had, like, chemistry at, at that point. Yeah, I agree with that. I think season one, episode five is the place to start. All right. But season three, episode 12, not the place to start. Again, Felipe exemption. But 
Uh, yeah, it's like you know how like a uh, like NGOG is like closed itself off to new listeners after season one, or they joked yeah. that they were going to do that. Well, uh, not to spoil the Phineas and Fur podcast, but Navi is closing out her Twitter followers to uh, any anyone who followed her before she got suspended. She's not accepting any new followers <laughs> oh. when she gets back on Twitter, and that reminded me of that. Well. Um, I guess, uh, how many Twitter followers, I'm sure you all talk about this, how many Twitter followers does she have? Well, we don't know because she's suspended and no one knows why. Oh, you didn't know, like, roughly how many? No, because we can't access her account right now. I think she had, like, 200, 300. She had a lot more following. (laughs) She was, like, in 2K (laughs) for following. Not to drag one of my friends on this podcast, but Navi, we stand you. I'm honored to be one of the numbers that is in. I'm glad that I'm there already. So thank yeah. goodness for that. Although I guess right now it does me no good. Um, anyway, we've had quite the pre-show banter, but we also have quite the episode. Uh, stay tuned to find out why I cried. Uh, I actually don't even remember when. So what else maybe. did you cry about? Oh, sorry. Not to go on another tangent, but... Okay, well, the other thing that I cried about, uh, and Zach, I will keep the tangent shorter after. No, it's all good. It's all good. I'm I'm actually curious, so let's see. Okay. Okay. I would explicitly like to say this is not a recommendation to watch it. Please do not watch this on me saying it. It is too sad for me to recommend in good conscience. But it won the Netflix, uh, sorry, it won the Oscar last year for best animated short film. It's called If Anything Happens, I Love You. And it is one of the best examples of storytelling ever. I rewatched it today after it coming up and it was, it's just so sad. Like it's, it's a beautiful story. It really is so good, but it's so sad that I cannot in good conscience recommend it to people of this audience. Like if you listen to it or if you watch it, sorry, like I really hope that you enjoy it. I hope that you're in a safe space where like other people can comfort you, but like, it's just, Okay, Felipe. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is from Zach, the photo that you sent me. <laughs> yeah, but now, okay, would, would you like to say uh, to the audience what, uh, what you showed, Zach? A photo of Jacob right after he finished watching saying, because we were supposed to have a pre-show chat, and he was like, sorry, I am indisposed right now. Um, yeah. And he sent me that photo to explain why. I was I'm like, sorry. are you Okay. I shouldn't laugh at that. That's like actually like a heartfelt photo of Jacob tearing up. I shouldn't be just. It's not. Up ju- it's not just tearing up. It is tears full streams. tears coming, full streams down my face of crying. Um, yeah, right down anyway. your face. I don't think uh, any piece of media has ever made me cry. I'm trying to think. What? I think the closest I came was The Green Mile, which was like based off a Stephen King novel. I almost cried at the end of that, but I didn't even cry there. Bro, I cry at the most nonsensical things ever like uh not even sad moments i mean i remember i was traumatized when i found out that uh spoilers for the disney movie brother bear but that <laughs> he killed <laughs> Wait, Dakota's mom. spoiler alert that i had to like you don't know what if someone's never seen it I'm, i don't want i don't I want like her blowing up I feel like I've seen it and I don't remember a single thing of it. It came but, out in 2003. You don't have to spoiler alert anything that's over 10 years old that's like not like it's not like it has a giant twist at the end. Like someone, it's just a regular movie no, that came out in 2003. No, that final moment blindsided 8-year-old me. I was shook. I was in tears. My mom had to console me. Uh it was it was, <laughs> that was a groundbreaking movie. I I, I could not trust Phil Collins after that, he led me astray with that soundtrack that I was like, oh my god, this movie's gonna go hard. And then 
I was just shaking, crying, traumatized for my life. That is legitimately so funny that it's brother bear that makes you uh, <laughs> like cry. So I'm going to just go ahead and spoil it because it came out in 2004. But Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is the movie that comes to mind for me that really makes me sad. Like the the way that it talks about loss and like the ending when like everything's falling apart is like it's it's quite, quite sad. Um, and like, yeah, amazing storytelling. So I don't know, Zach, if you want to cry to watch things, um, but like, it's, it, it's cathartic. Let's yeah, yeah I'll, I'll I want to cry once. I want to feel that feeling. So let's see. I'll, I mean, I'll watch both the uh, both. If anything happens, I love you, and I'll watch Eternal Sunshine of the Spot. Oh, so, yeah. I thought you were gonna say you're gonna watch Brother Bear. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think that'll make you cry. I'm watching Brother Bear. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> it is a journey. No, but even if we're talking about we're all Survivor fans, the episode, the Jenna Maraska episode of All Stars. I'm always a mess afterwards. Wait, I'm, like, I'm sorry. That doesn't get a spoiler alert. Like we're giving spoiler alert I for Brother Bear. I didn't specify the event. I just said the Jenna Maraska episode of All Stars. You know which one if you're not in the know. Um, also, the episode afterwards, no spoilers. I don't want to spoil a 15-year-old reality show, but that episode also has me in tears for different reasons. All right. Why well, seeing Rob just get voted out makes it spoilers. No, <laughs> 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 I'm his biggest fan. It hurts. Felipe literally was like, I'm not going to spoil it. And Zach's like, oh, when Rob gets voted out. Oh, hey, man. but he didn't say which Rob. <laughs> what? It's, it's not Rob. It's not Boston Rob. It's, it's the Rob that we're all here for. Robbie C, baby. Especially me. We stand that man. We do. Oh, yeah. The other thing I'd like to mention is that, like, Akiva said that, like, I may not be his fan anymore. I tweeted about this, and, like, great. I'm glad that people are liking the tweet. I literally stalked a librarian in Iowa for this man a month ago, and he doesn't think... And he doesn't think that, like, I still like him. Pause. What? I said what I said. share, Share the story. Now we need story time. I'm not sure. Okay. I, I'm I don't so really... lost, by the way. <laughs> Why'd you stalk a librarian? Can you like cliff notes this story in Iowa? Yeah. Okay. Why'd you yes. stalk this so, librarian on behalf of Akiva? Yes. So the Twitter account at Kiev is a Twitter account that Akiva's wanted for a while. So I tried to get the Twitter account and I tracked down the person. I emailed them. I contacted them at their place of work and I said, hello. I would like for you to change your name. She was like, that's fine. I really don't care about the name. Totally fine. But you can't change your name on Twitter to something with, uh, with like less than four or four characters or less. So at Kiev can never be taken again. So I got this person to change their name only for Akiva not to be able to claim it. Did he mention this on NGOG or um, somewhere? I don't know. Yeah. Like I, like okay, and I literally having the handle now and I didn't know you were involved. Well, yeah, because I wasn't going to take credit because I worked silently in the background. But the fact that he says I'm still not his fan after I, again, I should not have said stalk a librarian. I did not stalk this person. <laughs> I politely reached out and I asked if she would mind changing her name. She said she didn't mind. Anyway, I did reach out to her on his behalf. I'm clearly still a fan. Yeah. Um, At least Rob would never be like questioning my loyalty because he knows I'm his number one. Yeah, well, okay. Good job, Felipe. I guess I've not done anything to prove it. I literally yeah. flew to New York for him like a few months ago. Did well. you come Chicago for this LOL or whatever? 
oh yeah when akiva messaged me he like messaged me absolute gibberish because it was during the olympics so he was like very tired and his, his the message that he sent me was did you come chicago just for this lol and i was like that is not english um <laughs> Anyway, yeah. uh, I feel like I've gone on quite the tangents, so um, we can talk about an episode of Avatar The Last Airbender. Season 3, episode 12, The Western Air Temple. Let's dive right into it, so, shall we? I do have, yeah. it's, it's related to this, I swear, it's not a tangent. Okay, okay, um, okay. This episode, so Day of Black Sun premiered in the U.S. November 30th, 2007. Mm-hmm. An episode of Avatar did not air until this episode, July 14th, 2008, in the U.S. Apparently, Canada got it earlier because they're lucky. They have affordable health care, and they also have Avatar episodes early. Canada's great. Um, uh, but, yeah, I actually, I remember that because it came on in the winter, then it went off, and then they were doing, like, oh, the week. last thing is all going to come out, like, like One episode a, a day. Yeah. One- yeah, like it, so, it had an incredible buildup, and I remember getting like super, super hyped for it. They were having Avatar marathons all on Nickelodeon before this, and I was watching Nick all the time, getting so excited for it. I even faked an illness so I didn't have to go to one of my camps so I could watch these episodes. Of was TV it a day more. camp or a sleepaway camp? Uh, it was like a day camp. Yeah, but I had things to do. I had Avatar to watch. <laughs> Period. Um, yeah. So yeah, this this uh, July fourteenth, two thousand eight, before the finale uh, in July nineteenth, two thousand eight. So that thought that was a very cool fun fact that I brought because I come prepared with fun facts. That is fantastic. I'm so happy that you come with fun facts. <laughs> it takes me months to come up with my fun fact when I did that that one time, <laughs> uh, but I came up with one yep, uh, anyway. Yeah, this is a really great episode of Avatar. Uh, I thought this was like really fun to like get to explore the Western air temple. I thought it was cool, like to see how different it was. And then like the Zuko of it all, uh, was quite exciting. I come on um, for all the big Zuko game changing episodes. Like I came, uh, my first episode was Zuko alone. The second one was Lake Lao guy where they were in the cave, I believe, or no, that was mm-hmm. right before the cave. So I feel like I come to these like big Zuko turning point moments. Yeah. That, I mean, the Zuko turning points are some of the best things in Avatar. Like it really is what makes the show tick. So it is, uh, it is quite cool that, that, uh, yeah, I guess you've been here through all of these, uh, all of these Zuko moments. Yeah. And to add on to what you were saying earlier, it's really nice to see Zuko interacting with the gang in a non-combative sense, him coming like hat in hand, willing mm-hmm. to work with the gang and that B.A. Aang's firebending teacher. It's beautiful stuff. Honestly, this was a great episode, I think. It was so yeah. adorkable. <laughs> adorkable. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so we get started on the episode. I thought there was like kind of uh, like pointless actually. So like we see them all walking and complaining about how they're like not able to ride on Abba's back because he's too tired. Mm-hmm. But like we only see that for about 15 seconds. And like everything they said on there, except I am tired of walking, uh, like could have been done on Abba's back. Um, yeah. Am I missing a reason? Like, why else would they have Abba be tired? I, I don't actually get it. My assumption is for the reveal where Toph walks up and can feel the city and then it's like underneath and it's upside down. That's, uh, that's the only logical sure. explanation. I think a better way to do that is for Aang to land on top of the thing and say, we're here. Everyone else is like, no, what are you talking about? And Toph's like, oh, I, we are here. Yeah. Well, then we would have missed the Duke saying he misses the pip squeak, just just mm. like me. I miss the pip squeak too, but he lives on in our hearts. My biggest for, for Zach, yeah, poor pip squeak. Also, like, yeah, I was shook when I found out he wasn't a child. When that that was earth shattering information, I 
Um, but I was very annoyed by, well, Haru can do no wrong because we stand Haru, but like, why were these children here? Like, well, they couldn't, they couldn't, like, they couldn't drop them off at some other village, like, to, like, well, play in there. Like, what? they just felt so ancillary to the whole episode. And I just, like, go away. Let me spend time with these people, not you, stupid mother. You wanted them to drop them off in another village? Like, what village? It's kind of a hostile area that they're in, Felipe. So they're on the western portion of the map? Yeah, so yeah. There are no like, safe havens in, besides the Western Air Temple? No, it's like literally where the Fire Nation is. Like the Fire Nation's like on, it's like west side. Uh, like, yeah, there's there's That's not really like okay. a lot of options well, for them. Yeah. They're refugees. Don't they don't get to be that picky. They so, they need to go mind their own business, hang out in the temple, because they were useless. Well, that's, that's what they fun. did. I mean, essentially, they said, like, oh, we're going to go explore the, the temple. The series? What? Felipe, or, or not Felipe, I almost called the character Felipe. <laughs> uh, the Duke, Haru, and uh, Teo. Yeah, we see them later, I think. But you, to your point, Felipe, you're right. They were kind of useless in this episode. And they do just end off going out, minding their own business, while we deal with the rest of the characters on screen. Like, honestly, if they never addressed the fact that they also got an app back last week, I don't think we would have noticed. <laughs> <laughs> yep, true. That is true, but then, like, it's a little problematic to, like, willingly send kids to prison. Like, it's already a little bit sketchy to send uh, the adults to prison, like, especially because, like, the EV, I think, is that they're, like, uh, you know, politely killed off. Uh, but then, like, yeah, they, they brought the kids with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, I do like the line that Katara says, um, I think you need to get your feet checked. Or, or sorry, I think your feet need to get their eyes checked. It's even yeah. more weird. Uh, like yeah, there were a lot whatever. of feet jokes. Oh, a lot of feet jokes. Oh, like the feet stink. Like it stinks when you don't have eyes on your feet or whatever. Top says mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I think I think the phrase uh, I think your feet need to get their eyes checked is probably like when Mace Whitman said that the first time. That was the first time that phrase had ever been said in human history. Yeah, probably. That's like the there's a I think there's a subreddit or a Twitter account for that like first time a human uh, sentence has been said in human history. That exists nice. somewhere. Yeah, a few of the phrases on uh, Survivor this season I think are also in that category. <laughs> Not the <laughs> yeah, broccoli one. Not the broccoli one. I had heard that before. Wait, really? I had heard someone say broccoli or just small trees before. Was this person wow. sober? I don't think so, but <laughs> Okay, well, I stand corrected. I'm very surprised by that, but cool. Um, anyway, so then they're like, they go down, they see this temple underneath the cliff. Uh, it is quite cool. I don't really get like why they do this. Like, I do understand that the airbenders can like fly, so it's fine if things are upside down, but like, it still does seem like logistically more difficult to build a building upside down than to build it on correctly. Yeah, maybe with the way the cliff is set up, it was just easier architecturally to build it upside down. I don't know, because it's weird that they even have a build multiple buildings like beneath a cliff. It's an odd place to be building anything. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not 100% sure. I'm not an architect, but I'm also like gravity would stress me out. Like, how would you even walk in some of these places if there's no gravity? Like, because the design was everything was upside down. It wasn't like they rearranged things like a staircase. Um, I know we're talking about for the air nomads, but like there was, they intentionally were at a part of the cave that was accessible to everyone. Yeah, no, that is fair. It is like, it is just weird to have it be. Yeah. Even if they can like float to do, to get the things they want, it is just like still more inconvenient. 
but I think we're all in agreement here. Like I would like every building to be built right side up. Actually, I kind of take that back because I think it'd be fun to go into a building that's not built right side up, but I wouldn't be able to do anything in it. I do think there's like an upside down house in some European country. Maybe when you go to Europe, you can check it out for us. <laughs> okay. There's also, there's one uh, like museum or something, or it's not a museum. It's like this uh, interactive exhibit where you walk in and it's like totally dark. You cannot see anything. And it's like a regular grocery store, but like you just like, you can't see anything. So you have to like feel your way around uh, to like see what it's like to like not be able to see. Would you use your tongue since you love licking museums? (laughs) (laughs) Throwback to once upon a time. (laughs) Oh God, what a terrible story. Um, No, I don't think I would use my tongue. I think I would try to learn echolocation again, which is a weird thing I've done. Um, I, I think I'm just coming to this realization. I think I might be weird. <laughs> you just well, realized. We're all a little weird. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with being weird. It's cool to be weird, I think, especially in today's society. Well, I would much rather be weird and nice than like with like unhinged energy than be like a sociopath and like non-emotional. I don't know. Yeah. I, I appreciate uh, what you all are saying, but I also realized that I, on this podcast, have said that I've licked museum artifacts and tried to learn echolocation. Well, I, I said on this podcast, I said on this podcast, a little tiny baby dog gave me nightmares for years. So no, that, that's, that's understandable. It's one of my favorite facts about you, Thank Speaking you. Of, uh, it's, it's not Wishbone, but are you going to go see the Clifford movie? Uh, probably not, to be honest. No. I don't want to see them do Clifford dirty in live action. I feel like it'll just be a underwhelming, but could be. Uh, we got to get Nicole to see it because TikTok and Nicole once spoke these words into the universe that Clifford is the big red gentrifier. Um, and I need the, her, her thoughts as, um, uh, sorry, Zach, you were the big red, what, excuse me. I didn't gentrifier. <laughs> because uh, Emily had to move because he got so big and then move into a different sort of housing. So the we big red gentrifier. That's too funny. Yeah. Imagine being as funny as her. I wish I was that. Yeah. Same. Um, yeah. Anyway. So then after this scene, uh, we got a scene with, uh, Zuko and uncle Iroh. I thought it was really cool here how they revealed like that Zuko had already been at this temple before. It was nice to see the like shift between Zuko three years ago and Zuko. Now uh, we see Zuko with the bandage over his eye, as opposed to like the scar. And like, this just like, like immediately like tells you that uh, you're dealing with a Zuko who's like freshly burned, um, you know, like aloe still going on each night. Uh, as he's like starting his hunt for the avatar. Uh, and we also get Uncle Iroh here. Uh, and we get like Uncle Iroh and Zuko's connection. I really like seeing Uncle Iroh again. Uh, I know yeah. that like we didn't get to see him this, uh, this week, like, you know, in the current timeline. We haven't gotten him for a few weeks. So it is cool to, uh, to see him even a few years ago. Yeah. Um, I have yeah. some timeline questions about this scene. So uh, Zuko, I thought Zuko was much younger when he had the Agni Kai. And got the like continuity seemed off because then he said, because mm. also, do we know when this was like timeline wise, like how close they were to Aang popping back up into the universe? I'm not sure I, about that, but they said it's a week after yes. Zuko's Agni Kai. So, and yeah, he had so, his Agni Kai when he was 13, and now he is what 16 in the show? 16. Yeah, so I, I believe this is two years, or like two, maybe two and a half years before, uh, like the boy in the iceberg events. Okay. 
Yeah. Oh, bye, Zach. <laughs> oh, what? Zach disappeared. Oh, no. there he is. He, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like that, that Felipe uh, like just says, bye, Zach. <laughs> well, I'm here. I'm here. I was like, oh, he, where'd he go? My <laughs> pre-show, pre-show uh, information, Jacob's computer died right before we hit record. So that is didn't correct. want another situation like that. I'm no, I'm good. I'm proactive. Good. Don't worry. That is correct. My computer just decided, like, it's time to restart exactly right now, like, as we were all entering. But, you know, it's chill. Um, anyway, we get the scene between Uncle Iroh and Zuko here. Uh, they're, like, talking through, uh, like, Zuko's plan to catch the Avatar. Like, right now, he still is, like, very much season one Zuko, uh, which just shows you how far he's come. It was cool that we saw the, like, distinct contrast between the two characters, uh, and I also thought that, like, his plan was good. Like, they're going to first check the air temples, and then they'll, like, check the world. Great. Smart idea. Check the air temples first. I was like, solid job by uh, Zuko, like, planning out how to uh, how to find people. Yeah, Any other takeaways from the scene? Yeah, I have a takeaway. It's kind of Zuko turns into a dick here, kind of, and is like, oh, what? Because Iroh's like, oh, you should take some time to heal and rest. It's only been a week from your banishment. And then Zuko's like, what else should I expect from the laziest man in the Fire Nation? I'm just like, damn, Zuko, how rude of you. I don't know. I didn't like that from Zuko in the moment, but I get it. He's still like season one petulant Zuko here. I hated that scene that how he was mean to our our king, Uncle Iroh, but then when we go back to the present day and Zuko, like you can see the pain and the animators did a good job of like the emotion of him thinking back on that moment and his sadness and somberness. And like, he literally, he very much looks resentful of those comments. Uh, now that he's lived three more years of his life. Yeah, you're right. We even see him like holding his head in shame, thinking about that memory. So that's a good point, Felipe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we end that flashback and we go back, uh, to the rest of team avatar. We see that Zuko like sees people, uh, like flying by Zuko beat them to the Western air temple. Like, I, I know that like last week we had said the thing like, Oh, how is he going to catch up? Uh, because like, you know, Azula said that her ship wasn't fast enough to catch up to Appa. Like the worst ship that Zuko was using beat, uh, Appa and, like, I guess them walking some of the time. So maybe that's how he did it. But, like, he beat them by a significant margin. Is this, like, a plot hole? Or is it, like, the walking explains it? Like, what's up here? So I think the walk. I think the walking kind of explains it, does it not? They had to walk for quite a while because Appa got really tired. And in that time, Zuko was able to pass them. I mean, when you're carrying all those background extras for no reason, like, you would get tired. <laughs> the background extras aren't actually that heavy. Like, I mean, like... That wheelchair probably is heavier than like the the Duke is ch- tiny. I'm not. I'm not. Felipe, I'm, you're blaming the disabled kid for the weight. No, I'm talking he's about not, he's Haru. Not. Haru is also like a big dude. He's swole. Canceled. Like, wow, canceled. Do you want to go there? I have so much dirt on you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that is threat, Felipe. I was totally joking. I'm like Katara. I got threats ready. This is mutually assured destruction. I am sorry. I take no, it back. We're good. We're good. Okay. Good. Please don't ruin my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, okay, that is fair. That makes a lot more sense. He was able to catch up first uh, because he did not have to do the walking. The hot air balloon does not get tired. Anyway, so we get the the extras, as you call them, the background extras, uh, are saying, like, okay, we're going to go explore. And I like how Aang's like, great, like, time to go explore. Sounds like fun. And Katara's like, no, 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 no. Y- you can't do that. You're the avatar. You have responsibility. My um, guy, we got we got to save the universe. Um, yeah, which this, this really, very much. Go ahead. 
Oh, this reminded me of my mom when, like, I would, like, have chores to do, but, like, wanted to go play with my friends. And my mom's like, uh-uh, hold up. No, 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 you haven't done what you have to do yet. And I have to go back and do my chores. Yeah, this is very much that, uh, so, the movie that was, like, that climactic scene in every movie. And then it's, like, the the darkest moment of the, whatever it's called in screenwriting, the darkest moment of the soul. Um, and then where you pick back up and then have, the, like, the finale of the movie and then that's like this part where everyone's at their darkest. And I really like that aspect um, mm-hmm. of this episode because it's like right after, I think Sokka even says, are you sad that we got spanked by the fire nation or uh, because uh, we are walking at the beginning of the episode or whatever. So it's definitely a low point for team avatar. Yeah. I think the like low, low point is probably like when they lose Appa, but this is like a, this is like a, a local men. Yeah. Well, in the, if avatar was a movie, this would be like the, the next low point that they face. Sure. Yeah. 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 Yep. I mean, Avatar is a movie technically. And it's just one. We don't talk about one. it. <laughs> we don't talk about that movie. I mean, you did for two and a half hours, but we don't talk about it generally. Yeah. The talking about a part was really fun. So honestly, was the movie that bad? If it meant that a few years later after it being made, we got a to talk about years. it with Kevin and Josh. Like, I don't know. Yeah. That was one of the most fun podcasts we've done. Honestly. Very true. Uh, also here, the Duke, uh, complains that he's not called the Duke. Is the Duke off base here? Is this a valid complaint? Well, How do we so feel? I think Haru called him Duke and then he was like, no, I'm the Duke. Yeah. I think it was Teo, but I agree. Like, but is this, is this like something that is valid for him to complain about? Or like, does, do you just have to roll the punches? Like sometimes people call me Jake. I go by Jacob, but like, I don't care. It's weird, honestly. It kind of reminds me like Tribe Called Quest. You got to say the whole thing, type it's, thing. Uh, definitely something that if a kid that when I was a babysitter or a lifeguard or a summer camp counselor would come up to me being like, "This is annoying." They're not saying I'm. They're not calling me the Duke. I'd be like, "Homie, in like ten years, you will not care at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, just like move on." But like, he's oh, he 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 looks like seven. I don't know how yeah. old he is, but yeah. yeah. Uh, so my sister, my sister goes by her middle name, uh, and not her first name. And she had a teacher one time that refused to call her by her middle name. Like she would like the teacher would refuse to say her middle name and only referred to her by her first name, which just pissed her off so much. And so what my sister did as punishment or as like retribution or whatever, is she called the teacher by her, the teacher's first name and said, if we're on a first name basis, we're on a first name basis. <laughs> uh, That's pretty badass, Dan. Good job. My yeah, sister is iconic, Zach. We, we, we have to stand. But also that that's very, especially in this day and age, like I feel like respect people's chosen name. Like that, I don't like this slippery yeah. slope, but that teacher, that teacher seems, I mean, Texan, Texas teacher. <laughs> He has some Texas teacher. Okay, just just. <laughs> Felipe is like, oh, that explains. You gotta it. make an assumption. We'll see what that you think about me. I don't really care, but <laughs> the great state of Texas. Anyway, uh, so they they uh, all go off the extras, uh, the background extras, as Felipe's term them, uh, decide to go off and explore the temple. Meanwhile, Katara, Aang, Sokka, and Toph are talking about what to do next. Sokka comes up with the plan, which is the only sensible plan, which is master all four elements, confront the Fire Lord, do your destiny. Uh, is there another secret plan that they should have considered, or is this just open and shut, this is the best plan? 
they could have focused on like Aang mastering the Avatar state instead of having okay. to learn firebending, in my opinion. But because Avatar state is ultimately what's going to win it for him, anyways. But he, uh, he, with his chakra being locked or whatever cosmic energy mumbo jumbo they have going on, <laughs> I guess that's not a feasible option. Yeah, so. I was actually surprised when when I did this rewatch when you all started this podcast. How little time is spent in the spirit world? From my memory, I thought it was a lot more from a child, and then. That's something that uh, him working on that makes a lot of sense as well. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of those are his only two plans. And maybe I'm just not smart enough to come up with a third. But no, no, I, I couldn't think of anything better. Uh, but like, it does seem to make a lot of sense. You know, no objection there. I think I think it's very fair. Uh, I didn't even think of the Avatar State one, but it makes it makes a fair amount of sense. Also, yeah, the spirit world like is really divinate, uh, div- divin into pays dividends dive, dove into explored thank you explored <laughs> synonyms galore explored in Cora. so i think that's cool yeah to, no, uh, like to look towards Cora for that stuff no um, um yeah i had a question about this scene that i forgot oh yeah do you need a teacher or could ang try to practice fire but like it's helpful with the teacher but like he could go off in his corner practice fire bending like if they didn't have any options like they were they talked about john john our guy but if they never see him again, then Aang has to master firebending somehow, right? I, you think that he could, like, self-teach himself? Like, you know, uh, like, kids, like, uh, like self-teaching themselves, like, macroeconomics to take the AP. I, know they don't like, have I don't think YouTube, it's the exact same thing. I know they don't have YouTube at this time, but, like, he yeah, knows some basics. He could, like, do, like, some version of firebending that isn't the, like, classical version, but, like, maybe some freestyle firebending. I, you know, they don't have a Khan Academy of Firebending, so I think it's going to be very hard. Zach, do you think there's any feasibility to this plan at all? No, I think if Aang had, like, YouTube, as you guys were saying, maybe, but no, nah, I don't think Aang can just magically learn Firebending by himself. It would be way too difficult. Yeah. Um, I, I like the creativity, Felipe. I like okay. the idea that you're going to try to, like, uh, you know, self-teach, but I just think it's, like, too I'm hard. just it's saying, like, worst-case scenario... The firebenders, you don't have anyone that you can talk to, or they're all dead. That, like, John John, God forbid, is dead. Che is missing. You never see them again, and you need to learn firebending. You could, he knows a little bit. He could, he could start there. That, that is true. Uh, I think it's more like advanced physics rather than like, uh, like remedial math, but you know, who knows? Um, anyway, so no, they're not going to be able to self-teach, uh, firebending. They are talking about like how it's important to come up with the teacher just as they are. We cut to a scene, which is like sort of intended to look like maybe that Zuko's talking to the rest of the group. Ultimately, like we're going to see he's talking to a, a pretty cool looking frog. Um, but essentially what Zuko says is he practices a speech where he says, Hey, I was bad. Now I'm good. Let me join your group. That's like the synopsis. It's a very cute speech. Like Zuko here is, he's just very cute uh, the whole time. We also see the range, uh, the vocal range that the actor has. Like Dante Bosco here is hilarious. Like multiple times I was laughing as he does like an Iroh and an Azula impression, impersonation, yeah. impersonation. Yeah. Words are hard. Um, <laughs> hard. Anyway, I, I thought that was quite funny. But yeah, Zach, what were your thoughts on this whole Zuko scene? 
I loved it. I love how when he's doing the Iroh voice and the Azula voice, we get like each of their respective themes while he's impersonating them. I thought that was really cool with the musical cues. I love this scene overall. And you're right, his yeah. vocal range. It reminds me kind of of Mel Blanc, the voice of uh, Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck in the rabbit season mm. and the duck season scene, how he's like imp- doing a voice of Daffy Duck impersonating Bugs Bunny, then he's doing a voice of Bugs Bunny impersonating Daffy Duck. Kind of reminded me of that scene, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I just thought that it was like yeah, very cute. That is a very good uh like reference. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have uh like gotten that one, but I think that is accurate. Uh Felipe, what were your thoughts on, on Zuko being a cutie here? Um it felt very like out of a mockumentary sitcom, like especially with like the after after he meets with them the first time and then he's like talking to the frog again. Um he it felt very much like something you could see on Parks and Rec. Uh, mm-hmm. and I, I did like that. Um not to ruin your night, Jacob, but have you seen the TikTok of Dante Basco being approached by a fan and him putting his hand in his face, being like, in the Zuko voice, I'm a little lad who likes berries and cream? No. No, I have not seen that. <laughs> what? It's okay. He says he says the berries and cream. No. Okay. Berries and cream is banned. It ruined two weeks of my TikTok. And TikTok is my happy place. It's where I go when I'm stressed. I dissociate. And yeah, and the fact that I had two weeks of berries and cream talk is banned. We have will be moving on. I'm have sorry to be so Davis passionate about Will sending what? berries and cream TikTok after you discussed how you didn't like berries and cream TikTok. Davis comma Will loved that kid, but that man was antagonizing me intentionally with all these berries and cream TikToks that he would send me. Yeah, I'm I'm out on that. I will. I really am just opposed to it, honestly. So uh, no, there is there is another month of banned uh, for berries and cream talk. Should I be happy? I'm not on TikTok and don't get this reference. No, you should oh, be only- sad that you're not on TikTok these days because berries and cream has been far gone. Okay, yes. cool. Yeah, it comes in waves. So there's like different trends, and sometimes you vibe with a wave and you ride it. And sometimes you literally wish the wave would just like crush over you. So you just like didn't have to deal with it anymore. Um, anyway. Yeah. Not, not my favorite. Uh, I had yes. a question on this scene though. Have okay. you ever like, this felt very mirror talk when you're like guessing yourself up or like trying to like motivate yourself or practice something that you want to say. Do you have any examples in your personal lives that you've ever uh, done this? Like Zuko, like trying to hype yourself up for a hard conversation. When I wanted video games when I was a kid, I'd always like practice the speech I was good to give to my mom. I'd be like, okay, mom, this is the reason. It's not this much money. You got it. You could get it for me, blah, blah, blah. I'd always practice speeches in front of my, when I was about to talk to my mom. So I could relate to yeah. Zuko in this moment. Yeah, my go to is always like pump up music. So I wouldn't like actually practice what I was going to say. I would just like listen to music that made me feel like, all right, I got this. I'm on top of the world. Nothing can beat me. And then I would just, improv it and it would go poorly but it's all right yeah. at least i felt confident while doing it felipe what was your go-to kind of a mix of both like sometimes i would practice sometimes i would like just listen to get in the zone and then improv <laughs> it and flub <laughs> okay uh but i do just off of zach's point my friend naomi not naomi calhoun uh another naomi i think jacobs met her on zoom um yeah. but she she told me recently that when she was a kid she would make detailed PowerPoint presentations explaining why her parents should buy her certain video games, meaning like, do you see this kid? She's sad. Do you see this kid? He's happy. And that's because he has this video game. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> That was her pitch to her parents. So, so shout out Naomi Lambert. 
Wow. Uh, shout out indeed. That reminds me of one thing. It's one of my favorite things to do when um, on the, what is it, Zach? The Brambleberry? Is that what we've... Brambleberry yeah, the cooked? Brambleberry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. So on the Brambleberry, one of my favorite things to do is put together a presentation and then present it to a large audience. My favorite one I've ever done was, well, large audience, like my friend group of like yeah. five people. Um, what I, my favorite one I've ever done was on the Brambleberry, I uh, had a Why Crows Are Smart and what that tells us about humanity, uh, where I talk about how crows have entered their stone age. And I was so You were entered on the stone it. age. Wait, what? You were on some stone age. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yes, I was. I was also in the stone age. Um, but yes, the, the birds, uh, okay. Crows are actually in their stone age that it is crazy. And I presented it while this, in stone age. This was very peak beginning of the pandemic activities, like making PowerPoint presentations for your friend groups on zoom. That that's something that I, uh, remember, but having been in a desert for my work for the last few days, uh, crows are very stupid. The ones that I've seen no, at least. No, they're not. No, Maybe no. it's just the crows that I've seen. Maybe they're just dummies. I think Not crows, crows can be smart. Crows have the intelligence of like a three-year-old child, correct? The on average. So, is this your yeah. fun fact? Yeah, that's my fun fact of the day. Come on, Jacob, think of a fun fact. You both all have had fun facts, which means I have to make one, and I'm not good at coming up with fun facts. Well, Jacob is not we'll a creative just, individual off the cuff. We'll just continue the podcast, and I'm sure a fun fact will hit you eventually. So. If it doesn't, by the end of the podcast, I'm going to pout. I'm already pouting, but that's fine. <laughs> I can send you some uh, TikToks to get you through the day. Yeah, well, at least it won't be berries and cream. Uh, so Aang is talking about, uh, or sorry, Katara is trying to get Aang to talk about firebending. They're all trying to have an intervention. And Aang is just like shirking his responsibility left and right. He kind of gets out of it without like any sort of repercussions. Because as they're like probably about to, you know, like give him uh, like an actual argument as to why he's like, you know, needs to focus on his firebending. Toph points out that Zuko is in fact right there. Yeah. People are really, really standoffish with Zuko. Zuko only gets three words into his speech before uh, like people start to like get into attack position. Um, and then also he has Appa there who starts licking him, uh, which I think also is probably extremely disarming. That was not prepared for in his speech. Uh, but yeah, I thought this scene was really fun. I thought the connection that they had between Zuko and the rest of the group was like really genuine to the characters. I felt like it, like they didn't try to force anything. So I really enjoyed the scene. And I love the uh, friendship between Zuko and Appa, like the little connection that they had too, because Zuko did save Appa. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is true. Uh, I also like how Zuko starts like taking credit for the nice things he's done. He's like, I want to teach you firebending. Also, I let Appa free. So that's something, uh, yeah. like I thought that was. That was a funny way to say it. Uh, Zach, did you appreciate this scene? Yeah, I enjoyed this scene. I mean, you understand why Sokka, Katara, and Toph, and like Aang are all pretty against the idea initially of Zuko coming back because of what he's done to them in the past. But it was cool how, like like Felipe was saying, Appa being a good judge of character is able to instantly realize that Zuko comes in, Zuko comes in peace. So that was cool. I enjoyed this scene a lot. I also, yeah. oh, oh, go on, Felipe. Oh, uh, I also really liked the the pacing in terms of like when each character spoke, like Sokka and Katara kind of took the lead and like confronted him. Aang was kind of quiet and reserved. And then Zuko turns to him and is like, what do you think about this? You did say one time we could be friends. Toph is kind of just observing, listening to everything, um, feeling the vibrations. We assume um, the good vibrations. 
And yeah. uh, I just like I like how they did they dealt with the characters like you you two mentioned uh, having them all do their own kind of thing that seems true to the character. Yeah, the way that they had Aang be quiet for the first part of the scene was really effective because I think it's like pretty natural for you to think like, oh, Aang is going to say like we should accept him into the group and we should like allow him. And for Aang to ultimately rebuke him, I think was like pretty powerful. Uh, so I, I did think that was uh, like that was a really good way to do the scene. Like it led to a bit of intrigue throughout. I have, I think my favorite part of the scene is that Sokka just assumes that he made or that Zuko put himself in a vat of honey so that Appa would lick him <laughs> as if like Zuko's like, okay, how can I get in the good grace of the group? Oh, let me soak myself in honey. So their bison licks me. That will make the humans trust me. Like <laughs> wild, wild connections from this guy. I thought that Sokka was, so was funny. Maybe he was on some Brambleberry Kush this episode because he, he, he Ooh. was throwing some jokes out there that were kind of off like i was like whoa zaka your your theories are not accurate maybe he's just like in a low point because his whole envision plan sucked yeah, yeah i don't know if Sokka's on any of the brambleberry because there's no way he would have been able to been as accurate with his boomerang throw at the end of the episode if he was under the influence that that is very true i mean it does make a lot of sense because uh, yeah like Sokka had had an entire invasion plan. The invasion plan did not go well. They got totally outplayed. So maybe he's like trying to get away from his normal uh, thought process, but it was not his strongest thinking. Uh, Anyway, the gang gets really upset with Zuko. They say like, look, you got to leave. Zuko's really trying to say like, I'm not that person. Sokka makes the ultimatum. Like, look, you leave or we attack. That's it. Cause they also go, what what's is up? this when they reveal that like oh i'm sorry for all these things i've done i'm sorry for sending an assassin after you yes yes and that's what ultimately pushes them to get zuko out of there because he revealed that he sent combustion man after them which leads to a funny moment because then he's like oh well that's not his name and then sokka's like i'm sorry i didn't mean to insult your friend <laughs> even in this dramatic like tense scene the writers are able to imbue some humor into it which was nice yeah, and the humor of this like was very natural. Like I can see a conversation like this going that way where someone's like combustion man, he's like, Oh, that's not his name. It's like, Oh, I didn't mean to insult you. And it's like he's not my friend. Like that sort of like back and forth was just like really funny. So I appreciated that quite a bit. Um yeah, I I, I thought that was good. Uh I don't really know why they didn't uh like actually take Zuko prisoner. Like I do think that is the right move because like he is gonna end up just camping super close by, like It'd be better to like know where he is at least and like at least have him blocked up. Have eyes on him. Or yeah, feet that's on true. him. Or feet on him. Um <laughs> from Toph, like from seeing him, not otherwise. <laughs> Just that probably didn't need to be clarified. Uh <laughs> anyway. Um okay, so then yeah, he goes back, he talks to the frog and he's like, uh like I can't believe that uh like that this went like this and yeah, like he's pretty right. Uh like I don't think this went very well. He probably could have used another one or two frog rehearsals for it to go so, a bit better. Question. What kind of frog is this? Cause it's like a half frog, half something else, but I want to know what animal it is. Well, it looked like, like half badger or something oh. like that. I don't know. What were you thinking? I was thinking like well, a mini bear, but Zach ding, ding, ding. The wiki says badger frog, badger frog. Indeed. Look at, Oh, Zach <laughs> picking out animals. Nice. I just threw a wild guess out there. Did it happen to be the one? So shout out the Avatar Wiki. Well, shout out Zach's zoology. I mean, <laughs> are not impressive. I'm good job. We thank, you, thank you. Wow. On top of it, anyway. Uh, 
yeah, I had no idea until I looked at the wiki because I was curious. Because a lot of these animals, you can tell. Like, you can be like, oh, you know, it's like clearly like a moose lion or whatever. But I'm badger glad frog, it wasn't a bear frog because then I would start getting worked up over Brother Bear again. Oh, that's true. I know. That 2003 movie really just puts a toll on you, Felipe. Yeah. Those oh, are free in my mind, obviously. Yeah. All right. So it's Brother Bear, Wishbone. I don't think there's an animal that's like emotionally scarred me, but... I'll I'll think of one. Bambi didn't make you cry. Oh, Bambi is actually pretty sad. I'll take Bambi. Yeah. <laughs> there you um, go. All right. Hey, thank you. but I will say in defense of Brother Bear, which Bambi does not have a killer soundtrack by Phil Collins. True. Okay. True. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I agree. Yes. Um. Anyway, I really like the scene after he left uh, because Katara and Sokka just go on about all of the bad things that Zuko's done. And when you hear them back to back, it's like insane. Like, like, they're, like they're talking about the things like, oh, like, like he did this. Uh, or maybe this is like when in the like actual meeting when they're like, oh, you attacked our yeah. But yeah, it is. Yeah. You stole my, you stole our necklace. You attacked us with pirates. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, like hearing all the things throughout the episode, I'm like, oh yeah. Zuko is kind of bad. Like there were a lot of callbacks this episode, and like again, this is a kid show. But then this was a moment that I'm like, oh wow, Zuko was like, yikes, yeah, the imperialism, which, which only strengthens my take that season three, episode twelve, should not be the first episode of the podcast you listen to because there's so much foundational stuff in the last podcast. Man, if I would have said that sentence better, it would have been way better. But but also there's no, so many that, inside that jokes solid. that you're missing, like Jacob licking museum artifacts. Like, you will not understand it if you don't listen to the back catalog. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. yep. Oh, Lord. Um, anyway, yeah, so I mean, they, they are, like... Oh, what? You said Lord, so I said, I mean, Jeff. No, sorry. <laughs> Stupid. Stupid. Um, it's, it's fine. When you said get in the zone, I said auto zone. <laughs> we're, we're here. Uh, <laughs> after he leaves, Katara and Sokka are talking. Aang gives the realization... Uh, or sorry, he like gives the revelation. That's the word. Uh, that whenever he was captured by Zhao, Zhao, that it was Zuko that set him free. The seed um, sent me. Oh yeah. Oh, why? Yeah. Well, because then Sokka was like, "Oh, I remember that. You mean when we made a suck on frogs, and I had like a wart in my uh, in my uvula for like a month, and then Katara was like, Sokka, I inspected you. There was nothing there.' And he's like, "Tell that to my throttle flap." Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like that very much. I didn't like that phrase, but I I like the scene. Like, quintessential Sokka. Yep. Well, it's weird this scene is we also get a shot from the inside of Sokka's mouth. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't know why that was necessary, but here we are. Yeah. Yeah, that that was that was unnecessary. Like they could have just said the like throttle flap thing, and I would have been like a little uncomfortable, but the fact that we had to see it was like just too much. Um, but then like they talk about like, oh, like letting, uh, Oppa free was a lie. Again, Toph, the cheat code herself is like, no, lie detector, uh, pass, not a lie. Um, which I think is like, is funny. I also like that, uh, Katara wants to give out the quote, not as much of a jerk as you could have been award. <laughs> um, I feel like that's an award I'm in strong contention for. So I'll just go ahead and start writing my acceptance speech now. Uh, go on. Nope. I mean, I, I just, I think I'm often not as much of a jerk as I could be. 
Oh, I feel like everyone is for the most part. Yeah, I agree yeah. with Felipe. But <laughs> are there any other awards you guys would give Zuko here? I mean, he's probably making honor roll for sure with how much he talks about honor. So that's <laughs> like a little award he can get. <laughs> that's going to be my Hama X joke this week. <laughs> where I just yeah. laugh at work when I'm listening to this. <laughs> Wait, that that was hilarious because I was like, I don't think you would get good grades. And then you had to like spell it out. And then, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. So Zuko's on the honor roll. No, I don't. I don't really think, you know, Zuko doesn't need all the love. I think like uh, best vision goes to Toph. I think he might get the most improved award because he did improve like, I guess. like True, the MIP yeah. most improved player. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Haru probably gets like six man of the year because uh, he's like pretty irrelevant. I mean, Haru was sexier than Blake Shelton. Wait, what? You said sexiest man of the year. No, he said six man, six, which is a basketball award. I thought you said sexiest, and I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Your statement was Haru is sexier than Blake Shelton. I love how excited you were. You were like, yep, I'm here for it. I mean, who crowned Blake Shelton sexiest man of the year? I just want to talk. Like, Gwen Stefani, if it was you, just expose yourself that you're on the committee, but that was some choice. I did not know. Was that this year? No, that was years ago. Oh. Okay. Well, I guess I'm years behind in pop culture. I'm not sure I could have told you that Blake Shelton's ever sexiest man of the year. But, Felipe, I have to say, I genuinely appreciate how you were just ready to go with it. You're like, okay, Jacob said it. Let's go. Like, let's not make him... uh, I'm like, he's going to drive this unhinged train down the track. I'm just going to grab on and hold on for your life and go with him. (laughs) Choo-choo. Not that. (laughs) Wait, what? That's a very reasonable thing to say. No, it is. Oh. I was gonna make it. I was gonna make another train noise, but then I realized like I couldn't make a train whistle. So uh, we can just wait until the train drives by your your, your living quarters. <laughs> that is true. I mean, every eight minutes it drives by, I can like go to a different room, open the window. Like we can we can hear nice wave Chicago Thomas. train. Do you say Thomas? Yeah, wave to Thomas. Okay. Oh, every train is not the train named Thomas. Engine. <laughs> Who says? Who says that? Every train is named Thomas. It, you can name Thomas. Every train after Thomas. Okay. Well, hot there take. You go. I have a hot take. That show kind of sucked. When I was a kid, I thought Thomas <laughs> the train engine was so boring. Especially like that train with like the mean face. Like his plot lines were always awful. Honestly, Thomas the tank engine could should be have should have been more of nightmare fuel than it was. Because that those trains were kind of scary in hindsight. Yeah, that and JJ the jet plane, like they <laughs> are like actually JJ scary. Jet plane, I forgot. You just unlock like a holy holy as head. well. Yeah, so I know that a plane is obviously not an animal, but I'm going to say the animal I'm most scared of is JJ the Jet Plane. <laughs> that, that song was in the shortlist for uh, the, the bracket that we did. It oh, didn't Lord. make the cut. Good. Um, anyway, so yeah, Zuko, you know, lots of medals going to him. Uh, yeah, the honor roll and all the rest of the, the accolades. But in the scene... This is why Toph should have won the Survivor brand steel because she is good at separating emotion from strategy. She is like, mm-hmm. listen, we don't like Zuko, but he's giving us a firebending teacher on a silver platter. We need to win this war. Like, you need to get over yourselves. And I know that he's caused a lot of pain and trauma, but there is a bigger picture at this moment. Yeah, yeah. I often don't get mad. Like, I'm, I'm a pretty even kill person overall. Like, I don't really get too upset. I'm, like, generally pretty happy. But when I'm in a state that like is, I feel like I feel like you both made faces. I feel like 
all right, it's fine. Uh, we'll move past it. I feel like I'm an even kill person, whatever. Uh, when I get upset, I do think having someone like Toph who can speak rationally to me would just be so helpful because like when I'm in a hot state and like upset at something, it would just be so nice to have someone just be like, look, like you're being dumb. This is the right thing. Like Toph is an amazing friend because of that. Well, next time you need a, a someone, I think Zach and I would both say, call me, beat me if you want to reach me. We'll be your compatible. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Wow, but I am a Kim Possible reference and a great friendship offer. Thank you. No, I agree with you, Felipe. Call us anytime if you're feeling upset. All, all right. Wow. I, I, I'm very happy. I might cry a third time today. <laughs> that was four. But... No, it was, no I, it was two. Well, no, I did tell Felipe I teared up another time. Oh, my. Never <laughs> mind that. It's been a good day. I'm just, I, it's an emotional washing machine that I'm like just tumbling around in and I just need to get into the dryer. All right. All right. Well, we'll hopefully get metaphor. into the dryer sooner rather than later. <laughs> that is some <laughs> metaphor you went for. And I kind of trying to process it, but I also don't want to delay the podcast forever. So like we can just move on, but I will, yeah, I will circle back to this a few days from now and ask you, what was this metaphor? I, I thought it was a good idea. But uh, maybe not. It, it, it's got some kinks around it. It'll, it'll get worked out eventually. Uh, anyway, the next scene that we get is Nightfall. We're at Zuko's house or campsite. I guess it's not really much of a house. Uh, and then he hears something. He, like, starts to, you know, uh, like, shoot fire, like, in self-defense. Uh, and we realize that it's actually Toph trying to sneak up, or not sneak up, just to go talk to him. Toph puts up an earth wall, but ends up having her feet still burned, uh, like by the fire blast that goes around the earth. Uh, Zuko then tries to like help her. She like starts to crawl away and she starts like tossing rocks behind her, which coming from Toph has to be one of the most intimidating things. And Zuko like hop skips and jumps his way all the way to her. I thought the acrobatics from Zuko were legitimately impressive and he needs his laurels for being this like, this good at acrobatics. I agree. Zuko is just a very impressive athlete overall. I remember in season one when he like leapt and like jumped and grabbed Aang on the glider, like in one of the first two episodes. And I was like, damn, Zuko's got some hops. Like I said, he's on the Avatar basketball team for sure. I bet he'd be throwing yeah. down windmills. I mean, you could sure. even put him in the men's gymnastics at this yeah. point. Like I know, I know you only did the women's gymnastics to talk about Miss Queen Ty Lee over here, but, <laughs> um, yeah, Zuko, Zuko got some athleticism that I just dream I had. Yeah, I mean, Same. I cannot disagree with that. It's very impressive. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so then, like, Zuko is, like, really upset with himself. And, like, you can just feel how mad he is. I think he says, ugh, like, four or five times <laughs> through this episode. He says it twice right here. Like, it's like why is it so I, hard being good? Yes. He says, why am I so bad at being good? Love it. Uh, is, that's that's an iconic line. Yeah. Love it. Uh, okay. Then we get the worst line that we've heard in like all of Avatar, I think. Uh, so like Katara is, or sorry, they're back at the Western Air Temple. They're all talking about like, have we seen Toph? Uh, <laughs> Haru and like the side characters are not worried at all. They're like, no, it's probably fine. Um, but just then we get like a large movement of earth. Toph comes in from the walls and we have what I believe I would like to submit this as the worst dialogue in, uh, in Avatar. I've written it down as follows. 
Katara. Toph, what happened? My feet got burned. Oh no, what happened? I just told you, my feet got burned. And like, the fact that Katara says what happened twice in the exact same tone of voice, like, I get it's for the joke, but it just like sounded like they came up with this joke and were like, ah, yes, this is very, very funny. And I just did not appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was pretty redundant, honestly. I didn't think it was like the worst line of dialogue in the history of the show, but it wasn't the best. The writer's no Aunt Who, Aunt Wu. <laughs> that joke oh yeah, yeah that joke um, will never leave us <laughs> but i will say i do think it would have been interesting if toff was trying to like not say how she got burned but then she immediately uh reveals that she went to see zuko because then it becomes a little whiplashy like if she if she was trying to dodge the question a little more then i i understand why she was like i told you i just got burned but because she's she immediately caves to Katara's questioning. Yeah, I mean, no one else can tell that she's lying, so she could have gotten away with it. It just seems like a little bit messy, I think, to say, like, oh, no, you know, like, I was just walking around and a random bushfire got me. Like, I do think it is ultimately good that she comes clean. Um, yeah, but, like, if if she has this, like, idea of, like, I'm going to try to make, uh, you know, Zuko on our side, this is not the best way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she actually does seem like a little bit upset actually. Like, uh, I think one of her lines, she says like, Oh, let's invite him back here. He's offered himself as a prisoner. Like maybe I'll do it again. Um, like it does seem like maybe she actually wants him to be a prisoner, like for burning your feet, which seems maybe even a little out of character. I don't think Sorry. she wants him to be a prisoner for burning her feet. I think she still ultimately wants him to teach Ang. So that's why she's saying he should be a prisoner. That, at least yeah. that's what I got from it. Yeah, just to circle back on something that I wrote down that I forgot to mention. I wrote down Toph's quote. Um, that she's like, I'm beginning to wonder who is really the blind one around here when she goes to storm out to see Zuko. And like, that's the thing. She's like trying to like bring these two groups together. Like, cause she also wants to survive. Like she's in jeopardy as well. She's a human on this planet. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, no, it's true. And I like how Toph is trying to lead them all on the correct path while they're all going astray and not able to see that Zuko's being sincere in the moment, which she is mature enough to see. So shout out Toph once again, displaying why she's the MVP. Yeah. We don't no, do MVP she... points on this podcast, but I would I would have come in here and be like, give Toph all my points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Toph, Toph like really just shows her, her maturity, which is impressive because she's not always the most mature person. Like, Usually she is one of the people who is like very upset or whatever. Yeah. Um, but here, like she's pretty mature. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so just as they're talking, uh, we see a, uh, like, you know, cut to combustion man. Combustion man is standing, uh, like up above. He's like staring at, uh, team avatar. He skipped over the best part when Sokka is like, Oh, we'll, we'll get Zuko to be our prisoner. Then we'll, sideline him without him inspecting us and then he'll actually be our prisoner and Katara's like you're such a creative tactical genius sock i don't know where <laughs> we'd be without you oh i i skipped that line on purpose i like that line when i heard that i was like ah ha ha like that was my actual reaction I was like haha that's supposed to be funny <laughs> dab jacob just crapping all over a, the writers i thought this was supposed to be a, a beat by beat recap jacob well, we spent about 20 minutes talking about nothing. So beat by beat is going to have to go out the window because we can't beat by beat if we're having the tangents we've been having. 
I'm yeah, Team Jacob yeah. here, honestly. Sadly, we can spend every time we have a guest, we always spend the first twenty minutes just talking about the most random crap, which is fine. It's not a big deal, but well, that's just so the nature of how this is my go, take on podcasting in general. I would rather listen to like a discussion of the shows that people talk about with the tangents to get to know the podcasters and create the universe mm-hmm. of the podcasters mm-hmm. and get to know them. Like honestly, like on my podcast, like we go through the, the recap of the movie, but I just use it as a vehicle for tangents. Yeah. Uh, like, which I appreciate, like you are actually like giving the information, but I like, if people have an issue with the tangents, I'm like, that's my favorite of the podcast. So you can miss me with those complaints. Well, nobody's complained yet. I mean, a couple yeah. one time I saw somebody say the episode recap was sparse in the discord. And I was like, you know what? That's fair. A fair criticism of ours. But um, yeah, no, too many, not too many people have complaints. Well, if you have like, those complaints, you can at me at, cause I'm nappy. <laughs> Which does not exist? Question mark. Yeah. Um, I do think that it is like, uh, look, if you're coming, to an hour and a half podcast to get the beat by beat representation of a 24 minute episode of TV. I don't know what you're doing. Just watch the episode of TV. Like yeah. you're clearly here because we're making jokes. I hope. It's also least. 21 minutes. If you take out the previously on the, True. the intro and the credits, and the credits yeah. which I agree with professor strong, that credit song is a banger. Oh, I did listen to it all the way through this week. I like, uh, you know, tapped it from like not going on to the next episode. It's great. I agree. He's correct. Uh, when has he been wrong in his life? True. Me that true. Yeah. Uh, I do think, well, maybe about Dune. I haven't yet made up oh. my mind fully about it. Oh, we- okay. I, I told Jacob this, that I, I, I didn't, before I listened to that podcast, I asked him if he had seen Dune and he was like, yeah, I wasn't the biggest fan. And I think what it went for, it did really well, but I also have similar complaints to Jacob. So similar yeah. thoughts. Viewpoint. I, I gotta watch really it. I'm gonna watch it soon, so I'll try to watch it in theaters, hopefully, but we'll see. Yeah, but I, I even like talked to the professor about it a bit, and like I kind of agree with what he's saying. Like, yeah, like I think I, I liked it more thinking about it more and like talking with people like the professor who like it, like has made me like it a bit more, but yeah, I just I think it was like really overhyped. It was also very much like the first movie and it felt like the first movie of like a bigger story. And also it's just something that I didn't connect with personally, but if that might also be a barrier to me liking it as much as like other people loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. Um, I actually got a text from my dad, like right before we started recording, which said like, I think you were in a bad mood when you watched Dune. Cause it's a good movie, <laughs> which like, I love that he called or not called me out, but did he's you like, I think podcast, or did you tell him privately? Uh, no, I told him privately. I mean, I talked to my dad, Felipe. No, I know that, but I didn't know if he was, he was like your mom and listened to the podcast. Oh, I don't, who knows? My mom, it's sporadic. Like there are times where like, so like definitely if uh, she had like heard the story I said earlier about Grace, like she would definitely text me about it. So I like, I'm going to try to put something in every episode where if she listens to it, she will like message me. So I know which one she's listened to and which one she hasn't. See, Jacob's lucky. He has such supportive family members. I don't think any of my family's listened to a single episode of Aang in there. I could be wrong. I just tell them to download it. So we still get like the streaming play, but they don't have to listen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I respect that move a lot. I, I agree with that very much. So, um, yeah. Uh, well, okay. We absolutely. Yeah. If we talked about certain topics, Zach, do you think that we could get uh, some of your family members to listen? Like, if we pivoted just a tad out of Avatar, could we get any of them to 
to give it a shot. None of them are just big into podcasts in general. My whole family just like listens to music. They're not like podcasting people. You know how like some people mm-hmm. are just like podcast people where they just listen to podcasts. That's like the opposite yeah. of my family. I'm the only one who really listens to podcasts here. I also had my brother because he's probably listening to this. My brother, who I did not let meet Jacob when we met in person, I was like, "No, you cannot say hi." Yeah, I wanted to say hi to him too, but you like he was just sitting in the car, and I like tried to wave, and it was like no, and it's like okay, that's well, fine. I was like, I cannot be the last one. He cannot meet you before I meet you. That was my thinking. Zach, do you think you might be adopted if you're a podcast person and no one else is in your family? Um, I, I, think it, I think it's a genetic thing, actually. <laughs> is it a genetic thing? Like, You're genetically you know? predisposed to liking podcasts. I didn't it's know. a recessive gene. Uh, it's like it, it's like the same as like blue eyes or whatever. It's it's a recessive gene. According to AJ, we can't trust people with blue eyes. Wait, but then I'm I sorry, did come- what? We can't trust them. That's what AJ said. He he said he's never trusted a person with oh, blue eyes. And, and then I someone, said, someone said, named Joe. Was that the other thing he said? Yeah, and I said, well. For my friend Jacob, I do trust him, and I hope you can reconsider your positioning, AJ. Wait, are my eyes blue? I believe, according to your license, they are blue, based on a discussion we've had previously. I like that you uh, you quote my license. Sorry, I'm going to take a picture of my eyes real quick. <laughs> <laughs> this is a riveting podcast. Let's see, let's see the eye picture. Uh, no, the eye picture looks literally unhinged. Like, that's an insane picture. I think that they might be green. Greenish gray, maybe? Yeah, like hazel, maybe? Maybe I need to update my license. I also have a Texas license. I don't live there. Uh, So, who knows? You might need to change it to Illinois, because when I moved to California, they made me change it within 10 days. Oh, And now I hate my license photo. It was disgusting. I, I missed my old one, so I still use my Massachusetts license. Um, Wait, I lived here for like six years. I was supposed to change it within ten days. I'm really messed no, up. No, no, no. Like, I think not during college, but like if you're a permanent resident. I don't know. I don't know what Illinois laws are, but in California, I was required to change it within ten days. So I was also I allegedly, allegedly, I've lived here for six years. I don't want to admit to not having changed my license on time. It's also been COVID. They probably don't care. I don't think any law enforcement in Illinois is listening to this. I could be wrong or any like traffic agency or whatever body of government exists that enforces that stuff. I don't think they're devout ang in their listeners. I could be wrong, but I think we're okay. Well, that's too bad because I think people who are like working in uh, like the traffic, uh, like the DMV are the people who need to be listening to podcasts the most. Like (laughs) they're working in a place that is like a place where no one's happy to go. Like it has such a, aura of being a boring place so i think listening to podcasts is spice it up the move but i feel like they can't even listen to podcasts because they're talking to people throughout the day like they like as soon as they finish with one com- customer they have to like come back in and start all over with a new customer they don't really have time to listen yeah, yeah I, I mean, agree with J- i agree with felipe i'm kind of like that on my job side that i can't have headphones in anymore so can't yeah. listen to podcasts on the job that is too would- bad What I was suggesting would be insanely rude because it would be someone like listening to a podcast while talking to someone, but I think it would make it more fun. So I don't like it. Like when people I'm listening to something, someone says something non-essential to me. Like if it was like actually not at work, but like in general, if I'm walking on the street and I see like a stranger, like talk to someone else. I have headphones in clearly, but um, that's a minor pet peeve of mine. Uh, That said, at work, I can't listen to podcasts because I have to have a headpiece in one ear and then like it would confuse me. So I have to, I, that is something I missed about the last job when I was in the office. I could listen to podcasts, cram them out. 
I think my favorite part of my job is I listen to podcasts. Nice. And I really like my job. Um, anyway, so yeah. Uh, what, where were we in the episode? Oh yeah. Combustion Combustion man Man was attacking. Yeah. 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 So he like shows up, uh, and Zuko swoops in to like save the day. And he's like, stop, I don't want you doing this anymore. And he's like yelling at him to try to stop. And then he says, okay, I won't pay you. And then combustion man just like grabs another way. He's like, I'll pay you double. And it's like, nice. Like I I know it was very funny. Combustion man knows that Zuko is no longer like fire nobility uh, words nobility <laughs> um, um like he probably maybe. doesn't care what zuko is saying because he has a mission but maybe he doesn't he knows that zuko's words are lies because he doesn't have the money anymore i think it's not that it's that combustion man is like tired of being embarrassed by ang and them and he just wants to kill them no matter what the cost yeah. is i think that's more so what it is also what was funny in the scene zuko kind of flies in on a rope like he's tarzan or something i was another say- movie with the dope phil <laughs> collins soundtrack no spoilers mm. but we love that movie <laughs> <laughs> what Tarzan, you can spoil Tarzan. Like, I'm not even sure there is a spoiler for Tarzan. Like, the, uh, the, the big just... one. There's a big spoiler. If you know, you know. Uh, I don't remember the Tarzan that well, to be honest. I remember he kills the tiger and becomes. Cry. Made you cry? Well, that one, to be fair, I was like three when I first watched it. But oh, okay. Like, I, I cried when it. Mufasa died. Oh, that's another spoiler. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're fine. Um, I, I fundamentally believe that you can spoil things that are that old. I think you spoil Lion King for sure. If there's an editor out there, and you going back to Doom, can you put the Hans Zimmer ah when Zuko comes in and kicks Combustion Man in the face just for my own statement? <laughs> because you know what I'm talking about—the Hans Zimmer score where he's like, yes. ah. Your impersonation of it is fantastic. Like Zuko, I'm not good at impressions. Wait, Zuko was really good. I legitimately thought they were good. He said he wasn't good. Yeah, he said he wasn't good. Felipe's right. Oh, well, he was wrong. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, I like how Kim, I like how when Combustion Man is like trying to shoot. First off, like Zuko's like trying to kick him. Combustion Man doesn't really care. Like, yes, it makes his aim a little bit worse, but like when he gets kicked, like he doesn't actually like budge much. He just like slightly aims the wrong way. Like I mean, that's how strong he like is. Seven feet, like three hundred pounds. Like I don't know. And that is fair. Um, but I also just like that Combustion Man's aim is so bad. Like literally, <laughs> instead of being able to actually hit Ang, his goal is just like mm, I'm just going to take down the whole temple. It's easier. Um, I know Jacob loves blind jokes, so uh, do you think he'd have better aim than Toph? Uh, wait, no, Toph has incredible aim. See? Thank you. Yes, yes, he has better aim than Toph. For sure. I was just setting you up to, like, stand Toph, our queen. Yeah, I, th- thank you. That was appreciated. Uh, what's not appreciated for me, and what is the most glaring problem in the entire episode, is the fact that Haru never tries to join the fight. Haru is a scaredy cat. He hides in the background, even though he's an earthbender. It is unacceptable that he hides in the back with, like, the Duke and Teo. Unacceptable. Especially when Toph is indisposed because her feet are injured. Like, step up and fight with the squad. I did not notice that in the moment, but you guys are right. How come Haru wasn't joining the fight? That's true. Maybe they were too busy exploring the Western Air Temple going down the slide again. (laughs) <laughs> no, 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 because we see him, like, pop out right at the end of the fight. Like, he was right around there. Like, we see a shot of him later He's on. He's very much that guy in a group project that they do a great job, and then he did no work, and he's like, great job, team, we got an A. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I feel that. I mean, like, it really was just incomprehensible that he's not there. Uh, anyway, we do get, like, a pretty fun fight with Combustion Man. Like, just essentially, his goal is, I'm going to destroy the entire temple. Uh, and he's, like, b- laying covering fire, essentially, making it hard for any other attack to show up. Uh, I think my favorite part from the fight was when Aang sends a legitimate tornado at him. Uh, and, like, it's animated even as a tornado. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, I think it was your favorite part of the fight. I mean, I assuming we're going to talk about this. They're, we're going to rank this as a battle. I, it, we're, yep. We are yep. an hour and a half yep. into the podcast, so we should make a decision, right? <laughs> yep. Um, I mean, this yeah. is about the right time to make a decision, but uh, yeah, I think we should rank it. So we can battle. talk about it more, but I really do want to highlight the, something that Kevin always talks about when he talks about battles in like Star Wars and Marvel movies, uh, mm-hmm. like the location, the setting, like the use of it in terms of like fighting. And I thought this, they did a really good job with that aspect of this in the episode. Uh, like it's not a generic anywhere fight. They really utilize like the Western air temple as a backdrop to like play around with some cool stuff. Yes. Yes. No, I, I very much agree with that. Uh, Zach, did you like any of the parts of the fight? Yeah. I like when Ang jumps and shoots the little twister at him, even though it does like nothing to impede combustion man's progress. He just like walks right through it. I also like when Katara, she like ice bends some of the fountain water at him, but then just yeah. breaks and shatters on it on combustion man. And I felt like if this was the HBO version, which we all talk about, she probably impales him with some sharp icicles there. Instead, he mm-hmm. just gets hit by the sharp ice and just shatters and does nothing to him. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I very much agree with that. That was a very cool use of uh, the water bending. I think that was. Uh, and again, yeah, Zuko's was agility was on on display as well, like his uh, like his fighting style and his like speed and agility. That was cool. I thought it was some Deus Ex Machina though when Combustion Man shoots him with like a point blank shot and he blocks yeah. it with his sheet with like a fire bending shield, but then he falls off the cliff and he's randomly just hanging onto a vine out beneath the cliff. I thought that was a little bit of a Deus Ex Machina where they just like yeah. couldn't explain him getting shot off the cliff. Yeah, I think that this should have been the moment where he does the thing that Azula does, like with the like fire that propels her up. Like I think he should have done one of those like yeah. jet propulsion moments. Yeah. Also, yeah. there was a weird cut in the animation. It was like Combustion Man was looking at them at one point at the gang, and then yeah. all of a sudden, like there's a weird cross cut where he like is just looking at Zuko, and I was like, oh, this is a little wonky. Again, I watched this episode four times within two hours, so I was oh, very yeah. also. Yeah, I, I meant to bring this up already. Yeah, Felipe has watched this episode four times in the two hours leading up to this podcast, like. Hats off to a prepared podcaster. I really do appreciate it. If you want but more of that energy, it's too many. Dragon. <laughs> that, that is true. Four times is too many, though. Uh, to be fair to me, one time I was watch- I was making some food. I wasn't really, I was like half watching. And then the other time okay. I was like, I had an iPhone issue yesterday where I lost all my contacts. Like, so then mm-hmm. I was just like fixing it while I was doing it. Uh, I deleted, I was like, I don't need my college email to go to my inbox anymore. I deleted it but apparently it was connected to my contacts so then I had to like fix that and then it was a struggle so I was fixing merging some old contacts with new contacts I lost my epic Jacob profile photo in the, in that moment and I was like no I need to get it back <laughs> but I also might change it now at this point make it the photo of me crying I, either that or you in the goatee oh god no 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 don't talk about that one no <sighs> I will share it okay exactly Yes, it is. I, when I shaved, uh, like I like grew out a beard for a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. It did not look very good. But when I shaved, I shaved onto a goatee, and the goatee looks unhinged. Like I look 
I look like a creepy old man. <laughs> it's it's really bad. If you ever like nightmare, oh, pull it off. No, I, 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 I will compliment you. You looked good in the goatee. I will say, like it, it was jarring because I'm not used to you facial hair. Which, by the way, we both lost no shape November. R.I.P. But um, oh yeah, I forgot I was gonna do that. Oops. <laughs> oh yeah, Movember. I forgot. I was gonna do that, but then I have to wear like a mask in the desert for 12 hour day. I was just like, nah, frick this. Yeah, I caught frick myself. This. <laughs> I caught myself. <laughs> Didn't want to go. Full Naomi Calhoun. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good little segue. Full Naomi Calhoun is true. Yeah. Uh, Hi, Naomi. You were great on the podcast. Uh, Oh, I love Naomi. Uh, Check out the Naomi Movies podcast if I'm going to do some shameless plugging right now. We talked about James and the Giant Peach, and that was unhinged. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully, yeah. Um, Anyway, uh, (laughs) never mind. Uh, What I was going to say was that this is the first fight, I believe, uh, other than Sokka fighting his master. So, like, a fight where everyone is involved, where Sokka is the most valuable person in the fight. I believe that's true. I went through the other fights from the other books, uh, and I think this is the first fight where Sokka is undisputed the most important person to be in the fight. Do you want my hot take, though? On, uh, Zach, go ahead. Actually, you were about to say something you're more important to me. No, no. I, I Say your hot take. It's fine. I know what I'm going to say next. Okay. Though. My hot take is that boomerangs are a fallacy. They were made up. They don't actually work. Uh, that was just mad lucky of a shot, but I don't think boomerangs actually work in that way. Well, have I you mean, ever thrown a boomerang? Did I, I have thrown a boomerang and I've had a boomerang. Well, I've thrown a boomerang and it came mostly back. I do think as soon as it hits something, it cannot hit something and come back. Yeah. But boomerangs definitely can come back. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I've thrown a boomerang and it like falls at some point. Maybe I was throwing it wrong. I also watched Sarah, the Australian Outback that, that boomerang challenge seemed like a fallacy <laughs> as well. Yeah. Exactly. That's what we were going to say. James, saying, how the heck is he able to measure the distance and nail this direct shot at, on Combustion Man behind the wall? How is he able to do that? Um, it's it is very hard. I sorry, I jinxed Felipe, which means we can't talk until I say his name two more times because um, these are the rules that I play by. You can also say his name two more times and he can talk again, but he cannot talk until one of us says his name two more Felipe, times. Felipe, are you going to abide by this ridiculous Whoa. crap? You don't have to. <laughs> you don't, can talk. Don't, don't say his name again. Don't say No, no. We, <laughs> we were hanging out in New York. I jinxed Jacob as in the middle of his story, and he was telling two people that he did not know well a story, and then he just sat there in silence for like, 30 minutes and Naomi and I were there. We were just like laughing and she's like, you're so mean. Yeah. <laughs> because Jacob would only let me unjinx him. He would not let anyone else unjinx him. Well, okay. The rules of the jinx are anyone who hears the jinx can unjinx you. So honestly, I should have left you jinx until this podcast dropped on Wednesday and then you had to convince a listener of the podcast to unjinx <laughs> you because that would have been hilarious. Um, no, I, I treat the rules of jinx extremely seriously. It's one of the like Two things that I treat like what bad and full truth. Yeah. Okay. So I have a thing called the full truth, where if I say full truth, I will not lie. That's the thing I treat most seriously, and then jinx next. Yeah. Um, wow. This has been a wild podcast, honestly. It's been all <laughs> over the place. But we've covered every spectrum. We've talked about Avatar. We've had like ridiculous tangents. This podcast has had it all. I mean, that's what happens when you get the three of us together with some reckless energy, especially yep. me. Me, I, I do claim to be part of the chaos. 
Yes. I mean, Felipe, I think Felipe brings it out in me to where, like, I just start talking about things that just don't make sense. Uh, I think he's, he's like, a great enabler of my, like, nonsensical side. Just call me an enabler, please. Of my nonsensical side. That's a very good thing to enable. As long as I'm not peer pressuring you. I did, I will say, credit to myself and my friend, other friend, Zach. Uh, We convinced our whole BU friend group to get AMC stubs. Uh, Okay. so that we enabled that that charge, uh, so shout out. Uh, it's uh, I believe in Canada, it's the Cine Cineplex, like Cineplex, yeah. It's like the membership sort of program that they have here. That's like a ridiculous deal. Like we absolutely stand three movies a week for like twenty five dollars a month. How how much did they pay you to advertise? None, but if they want to pay me in, in, in like retrospect, uh, you can PayPal me at the Brazilian Dragon. Uh, yeah, I mean, I also love the AMC stubs, so I'll I'll give some free ads to them. Um, but anyway, uh, you're the yeah, person so, that I know who like bought the entire theater for Tenet and then canceled every single ticket but one. That's oh yeah, that was a genius move because like so Tenet came out and like I didn't want to see it around other people, and so I bought all of the tickets. And then, like, the cancellation policy on AMC is, like, as long minutes. as you cancel, yeah, within 10 minutes before the movie's starting, you're fine. So I just bought up every seat, canceled within 10 minutes with my one seat, which I got for free because of the AMC stubs. So I got the whole theater for free. Wow. Lucky you. That's my, Actually, that's pretty smart, honestly. Yeah, I would love you. They actually did fix, like, a little bit about the bug. Like, now you can't cancel seats as quickly, so it's, like, a little bit harder to do, but... Um, anyway, it worked out quite probably well. loved you. They were like, like they didn't want to clean up popcorn for like the full theater in COVID times. That's true. That's true. Yeah. The, the hourly workers get paid the same. Like I'm only hurting the company. So let's go. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yes. Okay. So Zach, going back to what you said, it is incredibly impressive that he's able to get the like trajectory and everything exactly right to hit him. Not only to hit combustion man, but hit him in the vulnerable spot. Like this is a one in a trillion chance. Maybe like maybe one in a trillion. Boomerangs are made up. They are fictional. That's my <laughs> Okay. <laughs> no, they're not fictional. That was just uh, more of a, a hyperbolic statement, but I do want to ask. So my interpretation of the events is that homeboy got hit in the face in his third eye. And then his chakra was blocked. Is that what happened? Yeah, so so this kind of happened know, in, like the last time. The, yeah, I, I believe like you're roughly right. This happened like uh, in the last time that they fought, and I think what happens is like when he can't aim properly and he can't like channel the combustion from his head, it just causes like the like because he like activates the combustion and then channels it. So if he like activates it and can't yeah. send it, then it just happens like also like zuko reiterates in this episode fire is a reckless element and that if it's not controlled so maybe like he didn't channel it properly and it went more internally because i'm assuming he's dead he doesn't show up for the rest of the series yeah i think he dies here yeah yeah so he like channels it internally and like blows himself up yeah this is definitely one person getting added to the body count uh like i do think a lot of people have been accidentally killed but this this is one who's like definitely dead yeah. Um, R.I.P. Combustion Man. Sparky, Sparky Boom Man. Yeah, like that's not even his real name. So I really feel disrespectful. I wonder what his real name is. Do we know? Do they explore that in the comics? Steve? <laughs> it's probably <laughs> something generic like Lee or something. There's always okay. no, a basic name. Yeah. 
Oh, I wish it was Jay. Um, anyway, then after this fight, so we have uh, like Zugo climbs up a plant root. Oh yeah, this is when we see like a shocked Haru walk out like from behind a pillar about two feet and away. Receiving. Yeah, I was like this freeloading piece. <laughs> oh, of, oh. I mean, look, piece whatever. of work. Piece of work. Thank you, Zach. Listen, listen. You got to do what you got to do. Sometimes maybe Peru was protecting his piece. Maybe, but I agree with your stance. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just playing devil's advocate. Uh, I, I appreciate it. How long um, do you think Zuko was hanging on that thing, like in real time? Because this fight was like three minutes on our TV. But like, if this was an actual fight, like, well, I think the fight happens like in real time. So I don't yeah. think he was hanging for that much longer. That man got upper arm strength for days. True, he, he is pretty young. So yeah, yeah. Uh, no, anyway, then. Then we get this. That's very true. Then we get this really good speech from uh, Zuko here, where he talks about like fire. Uh, like I know you mentioned this earlier, but I really did want to call attention to it. Uh, I, I was Zach. I thought that you were going to clip this part. Uh, I like, thought so know, too, but I wrote it down just in case. I wrote it I, down as well, but we, one of you guys can read it. It's all good. I thought about clipping it, but I thought ah, I really like Katara's thread at the end of the episode. I thought that was like so powerful and like harsh and dark, and I was like ah, that's what I wanted to clip. But this was very powerful as well. So yeah. I wrote both this and the Iro speech. So if you want to do one, and I'll do the other. One of you. Um, I mean, you can read them if you okay, want. Okay, uh, go ahead. I definitely was that kid who raised his hand all the time because I loved detention and wanted to read in second grade class. <laughs> See, I, 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 I did that. I raised my hand and wanted to read because sometimes the teachers would like call on students who were so bad at reading and were struggling so much, and I just wanted to like put them out of their misery. I'll just I'll read. So you did it compassionately. Know. I did it selfishly. <laughs> oh no, I I did it selfishly so I could read faster so we would be done with it. Uh, just because, like, I was See, over then you it. Also, yourself because then there's another assignment along the way. That's fine. I would rather do another assignment than hear someone else read to me. But Felipe, when you said I love attention, I thought you said I love detention, and I was like, what? Why would you get detention from doing that? I mean, I did recently watch the Scooby Doo: The Mystery Begins movie, which is a detention movie. Uh, <laughs> but no, okay, yeah, no, uh, I did not love detention. I got detention one time for uh, I was very smart and. Uh, thought I was better than everyone because I spoke Portuguese. So then Spanish came very easily to me. And this one girl who was a mess, we don't have to get into her whole life story, but she, she's unhinged, but she like said something snippy to me. And then I turned to her and I said, you're boring in Spanish. And the Spanish teacher was like, no, you get detention. I was like, damn <laughs> for that. Wow. You, you have something against me, sir. Yeah, that's that's not that's not worth it. So I got anyway. in middle school for that. So yeah. Okay, so maybe you'll get detention, maybe you'll get attention, but please take us away and read the Zuko speech. <clears throat> I know now. Oh, well, I don't have the whole thing. I just have the important part. Okay. I know now that no one can give you your honor. It's something you earn for yourself by choosing to do what's right. All I want to do now is play my part in ending this war, and I know that my destiny is to restore balance to the world. Powerful Wait, stuff. That's not the best part. The best part that I wrote down, so let me get some detention real quick, uh, is when he says fire can be dangerous and wild. So oh, I had that part too. There, I was just reading the first part. Oh, my bad. Oh, so, I, I was here, I'll, uh, I'll share. Jacob, go ahead. Thank you. Please share detention. Um, <laughs> fire, fire can be dangerous and wild. So as a firebender, I need to be more careful and control my bending so I don't hurt people unintentionally. And this is the part that made me cry because it's just so sweet that like he's able to channel something that's so destructive 
into something beautiful. And like the fact that he's able to like actualize human potential and teach Aang is really cool. And I just got emotional about it. Okay, Whitney Houston. <laughs> Damn, Felipe, you got to do Jacob like that. No, this is a fair scene to get emotional at, honestly. It's extremely powerful, him talking about how he burned Toph and acknowledging that and saying how firebending yeah. is a dangerous element. It's beautiful stuff, honestly. And then, I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, I can see how it could bring one to tears. Yeah, just not Zach. <laughs> <laughs> but I do love how Aang picks it up and be like, Relates it to himself and his own firebending experience when he was like, yes. yeah, when I was a John Jong and Che, I burned Katara because I was impulsive and uh, I never wanted to firebend again. I was so upset for hurting my friend and my loved one. Um, yeah. Yeah, and Aang specifically mentioned he was with the Zhang Zhang and Che. He said that. Yeah. The- no, he didn't say Che. I just brought it up. I know, I know, I know. I know, I know. He's making <laughs> a joke. <laughs> I, I, I did laugh when you like gave Che the name drop because Che is is us. Uh, it's a Aang in their love only. The, the show doesn't even love Che as much as we do. In I fact, forget love- Che's name after every podcast we do, and then I get reminded <laughs> of his existence every time we do a podcast. <laughs> like I genuinely like it leaves my brain his name. I'm like, oh yeah, Zhang Zhang's buddy second in command and like i forget his name every single time i know jacob told me that he wants to be heathers or zuko for halloween next year but here's my pitch che and people will be like who are you and you'll be like i'm che from avatar but but do you want to be that guy who has a costume that nobody knows like i had a friend who was some like very niche south park character for halloween this year i kind of felt bad for him because it's like a (laughs) costume that no one understood so i don't i don't know if you want to be that guy it was a good costume it just was a very niche character yeah, no, I'm definitely going as Heather Chandler from the 80s movie Heathers. I'm very excited to do it. Uh, like, me and two of my friends are going to, like, dress up in full, like, like uh, I don't drag. know what it is. Drag, yeah. Drag. Well, yeah, but drag, but, like, specific, like, the skirt and, like, the um, like the jacket. Anyway, it's going to look... Heather, Heather Chandler, she's the main one? Yes, she's the main one, of course. You don't have she's the one in red. Energy, please. Oh, I don't God. have what? <laughs> main character energy. I'm sorry. Yes, I do. My life is incredibly interesting. I have great main character. Also, Veronica is the main character of that story. I've seen how I have. Done. I have multiple problems with that statement that you said, <laughs> and we will have to address them later because I'm a little tired and we need to wrap up. Uh, yeah, but so Che, we just stand. So that can be your Halloween costume next year. That's that's my point. All right, maybe um, maybe for like the like pre uh, Halloween party where like I'm going and like only kind of dressing up, but I don't know. A Che costume is just like wearing rags. I'm not even sure I'd like want to. Like he's not yeah. wearing anything distinctive. Uh, anyway, they put it to a vote. Democracy in action. Can Zuko join the group? It's a unanimous vote. Clean sweep. No undisputed election. We love democracy working. Oh wait, what? Sort of. Like, I, well, shout out to Aang for asking consent from every single person, uh, like getting their verbal consent for Zuko to join the team because he did hurt Toph. He has hurt all of them recently uh, throughout mm-hmm. the history of the show. But um, Sokka is game. Toph is game. Toph yes. is like. I, I want to get back at you so I have time to practice like curb stomping you or whatever she said. Um, that was not a direct quote, but that was a much <laughs> more interesting version of the paraphrase. Um, and then Sokka was like, we need to win this war. So yes, Katara's like hesitant. So, yeah. I mean, she still votes affirmatively. She says, I'll go along with whatever you think is right. Like, she's not like, it's not like the most enthusiastic consent, but like, uh, it's a clean vote. Um, 
anyway, so then like we get uh, a scene between uh, Zuko and Uncle Iroh, uh, and we have Uncle Iroh uh, talking to Zuko about destiny, and he says, like, keep an open mind and open heart. Uh, I promise you'll find your own destiny someday. Ooh, look at me stealing the attention from Felipe right there. <laughs> well, I was, I was just you didn't have the full quote. You just had you just had the end. Well, yeah, that's the good part. Oh, sorry, you wanted me to say, you know, Prince Zuko. I'm sorry, <laughs> yes. I admitted that. All right, <laughs> my bad. My bad. That. Um, uh, I will say this is the first episode of the show that like it's not super glaring that it's not Mako voicing him like it's still slightly yeah. different but like it felt uh it felt seamless yeah yes. i thought greg baldwin did a better job in this episode i feel like he's starting to find his stride doing iroh's voice yeah yeah i agree then just like every single avatar episode i mean it really is a trend we cannot leave on a happy note uh instead we leave with zuko in his room and then katara walks in uh, Katara's quite upset. Uh, and Zach, you did clip this one. Uh, I didn't bet with myself on it. I'm a little disappointed, honestly. But do you want to play the clip uh, so that we can all listen to her seething rage in the original dialogue? Yeah, Katara may be a waterbender, but she came at Zuko with some heat. So I wanted to clip it. And uh, yeah, I didn't think our words could do it justice. So here it is. You might have everyone else here buying your transformation but you and i both know you've struggled with doing the right thing in the past so let me tell you something right now you make one step backward one slip up give me one reason to think you might hurt ang and you won't have to worry about your destiny anymore because i'll make sure your destiny ends right then and there permanently So yeah, Katara just straight up threatens to end Zuko here. Like, guy, dang, whoa! What is this, HBO? <laughs> yeah, this is HBO apparently. Holy, I wasn't expecting that type of heat. And then that's the end of the episode. So you're right. I we mean, can end on a happy note here. To 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 shout out to all the Zutara shippers. I feel like the tension was there. The sexual tension was no. in that clip. What? No, I'm kidding. I'm just trying to <laughs> just trying to no. throw something out there for all the Zutara stands out there. I. I never disagreed with you more about like, yeah, no, not one bit. Uh, no, this is like the biggest piece of evidence against Zutara. Like she literally says like, I'm on Aang's side. That's literally what this speech like comes down to is but you might passion. think that you're, you <laughs> might think that you're progressing, but Aang comes first. There was, I a, don't fel- there was a passion there though. I know Felipe just being contrarian, but the, I mean, technically, there was a passion there, but the passion was her like no. protecting Ang. That's where. Yes. Who was the real firebender in that scene? Because there was heat coming from her. True. True. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, that's the episode for you. We we got to uh, you know wrap this up at some point before no. we start talking about different tangents. So we should get into the episode rankings, um, and we can talk about their thoughts along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Let's do it up. I'll start. I'll no, no, no. Jacob up. never starts. I've noticed this on the podcast. I, I, I do want to point that out. You can start if you want, but no. Jacob okay, Jacob. Always... You know, you know what? Fine. Lola, Jacob. Start. I mean, to be fair, Jacob usually throws it to me, and I just fart out my response <laughs> right away. So yeah, we'll let Jacob do it up here. Okay. Well, unfortunately, I can't start because every time I'm like, oh yeah, I have to average the scores. So I quickly go back through all the places I've written down the scores, and I have to average them, which is why I can't ever go first. 
Okay. So yeah. why are Felipe? Since I always go first, I'll let you go first. How about that? Oh, so uh, now the spotlight. I mean, that backfired. Um, <laughs> I will give this episode in my original ranking. I gave it a three point seven, but I think there's a lot of things that I really like on this rewatch or of the four rewatches uh, that I did <laughs> today. Uh, I think I'm gonna bump it up to three point eight. I really like the use of flashback as like a way to bookend the storyline with Zuko with uh, the setup and then the finish of that same scene. Um, I think the location, the setting is really interesting and the animation in this episode is really cool. Uh, the callbacks and the arcs in this episode that keep getting uh, mentioned are really, really fun. So I think I think they all blend together for this really fun episode. And it's just like a fun, like, hang episode. Like, I feel like this is like something that you could watch and like it deals, it's big picture, but also small picture at the same time. So mm-hmm. um, I give it a 3.8. It's not a perfect episode, but it's, it's close. Yeah, yeah, I kind of agree with a lot of what Felipe is saying. All of the positive stuff he's saying about the episode is true. For those reasons, I'm going to give it a 3.6. I think the battle kind of drags it down a little bit. The battle's okay. It's not amazing. And the episode is a bit dialogue heavy, especially compared to the past two episodes, which are all like war and battles going on. So for those reasons, I'm going to bump it down two points lower than Felipe and have it at a 3.6, but it's still a great episode of Avatar. Yeah, the listeners are kind of all over in this place. We have some people calling this as high as a 3.8. We have one person running in at a 2.9. Uh, so like, like pretty, pretty like far running the gambit here. Uh, ultimately for the listeners, it is a 3.56. Uh, so like pretty close to Zach's ranking. Um, for my ranking, you know, I was going back and forth with this the whole time. I was going to give it a four because I cried, but. I don't think I can actually give it a four because as I was talking through it, there's just not enough meat on the bones. I'm going to join Felipe at a 3.8 as assuming that Felipe will let uh, me share his score with him. Um, but it's going to, Felipe doesn't share food. Sorry. No, I'm kidding. That was a- <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, it's going to have uh, the score for the episode at a nice 3.69. Nice. Nice. Six, nine. Nice. Hey, we're all children on the podcast. Let's go. Uh, Anyway, we can rank the the podcast too, please. You're giving me too much credit that I'm only a child on the podcast. That's very fair. Anyway, it's time to get to the battle of the battle rankings where we do the same thing we just did for the scores for the battles. Because this is not anyone's first episode of listening to this podcast, we don't really need to explain it because I already banned it from being the first episode. So we can just get right into it. But in case it is, what, hi, friends. <laughs> no, no, it's not. We have beef. Um, anyway, uh, I'll start. You know what? I'll start. I didn't think this battle was great. Combustion Man, very inaccurate. The boomerang's like a one in a trillion. I do like that Sokka steps up. I thought that was cool. But 2.5. Whoa, that's, that's low. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm barely higher than Jacob. I'm at like a 2.7. This is ultimately forgettable, except for the fact that Combustion Man straight up dies. That's probably the most memorable <laughs> part here. Him like falling to his death. So yeah, yeah. 2.7 from me. Like in what? Tarzan. Sorry, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, the spoiler alert didn't come, Felipe. I'm shook. Um, um, I'm going to disagree with you. Like, not because of the fight itself. I didn't think like Combustion Man and Sokka was that interesting, but I do want to like give my credit to the animators. And like, I thought visually it looked really cool like the different colors and the animation um so i'm gonna give it a 3.3 just for like the work behind the scenes that made this episode come to life because the combustion part and the soccer part that they can miss me with that that was uh 
a snooze fest, but Katara Aang and the lighting shifts that they had in this episode, I really liked. So yeah, like Aang yeah. shooting the twister was kind of cool, and then Katara like ice bending is always a treat. So there were some good things about this fight yeah. for sure. Yeah, I just don't even think it's the best fight with Combustion Man, so it can't even be that good. But Victor did write in and give it a three point two five, saying that Sokka was low key uh, was a math wizard with those boomerang angles. So we'll we'll give uh, Sokka his due. Um, one question that I want to quickly get to, uh, Victor wrote in, he said, Zuko practicing his, practicing his speech on the fro- frog was precious. It reminded me of being in high school and getting the courage to ask a girl to prom. With that being said, how do you think the members of Team Avatar would act if they were all at prom? I'll start first with the most obvious one, which is Toph would sit yeah. on the edge and like, <laughs> like she would want someone to come over and get her involved, but she would not get involved herself. Anyone else have, uh, some prom takes? Um, Katara would definitely be the one asking. I think she would do the promposal. Uh, mm, yeah. She would go for Haru, and Aang would be there, be like, but what about me? And then, because Aang, oh. I don't think Katara was into Aang until Aang spoke up about it. That's my thought. I'm not a, I'm not a hardcore Zutara shipper, but I do mm-hmm. think that Aang and Katara is more one-sided at first than anything. Uh, I think Sokka's trying to like make all the jokes and like get slapped in the face. A couple times throughout the night, like Jake yeah, is that, that echo, echo location. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, Zach! What? Uh, where do you think Team Avatar members would be? I here? think Sokka would be the guy like me who didn't didn't have a date to prom, just shows up and just tries to have a good time, make everybody laugh and stuff. So, I think that's what Sokka would be doing. What about? Uh, we talked about Katara. What would Zuko be doing at prom? Because he's part of the gang now. What would he be Zuko doing? Would he just be rooting in the corner with May? <laughs> he would not be there. No, like May and Zuko would have not gone. They would have been like, prom's lame, man. And instead they would have like <laughs> thrown bottles down a quarry. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know why, but that's what they would have done. Tylee would crush it at prom. Um, yes. Oh, Tylee, she'd be the bell of the ball for sure. Yeah. Uh, Tylee would have been prom queen, but Azula did rig I mean, the ballot box and Azula did make sure that people voted for her. The beach kind of had prom vibes, like that whole party there. Um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, I am not going to drag my prom date on this podcast, but off the podcast, I'll tell you a story if y'all want. Um, sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, are we doing a tea quartet? Um, no, there's no tea quartet this week. So I brought some really ideas if y'all wanted. Well, but, I mean, yeah. give us the ideas. Like so, I love doing them, especially the sillier ones, but we can do it off the, off the pod okay. so that we don't have to. I'll just read my ideas and then we'll do it off the pod. Um, okay. Head, shoulder, knees and toes. <laughs> <laughs> the four, the four amusement parks at Disney world. Uh, okay. The four humors of the human body, blood, yellow bile, black bile, and phlegm. Uh, the four Gross. nations of the UK. And oh, the four DNA nucleobases. Wow. Felipe is legitimately one of the more creative people I've ever met. I mean, all of those are so <laughs> random. I, have I don't know how you come up with them. Off the cuff. Crayons, pens, colored pencils, and markers. Uh, great. I Okay, well... I guess we have tea quartets for the next few weeks. Uh, we'll <laughs> go through which ones will do when, but uh, uh, yeah. What was that one with like human bodily fluids? How did you come up with that? Uh, that one, I was in reading some historical article, I think, and I saw that. I was like, oh, I forgot that's a group of four. Let me ask Jacob. I think I sent that one to you at some point. Um, I might right have thought that the time was Sex in Akivi, I think, also. It was around that time because I was also thinking of groups of four. And then that's when I came up with the DNA one. 
You know what we've actually never done? I've never watched Sex in the City because when I was young, it was like inappropriate for me to watch. But that's a quartet that we could. Wait, do, I thought we, I thought we did do that one. No, we ne- we've no, never done never the done Sex it. in the City for because oh. I, no, I wouldn't have been able to provide. I, I wouldn't have been able to provide any input because I never watched it. On Renata, right. they did uh, the elements based on the Sex in the City characters. So yes. they're not yeah, exactly yeah. the same. But uh, Jacob, did your mom let you watch Sex in the City, or was that also like uh, in the same? I had- I had no interest to watch Sex yeah. in the City. But. Shout out to J-Mama. We stand. Heck yeah. Let's go, J-Mama. Um, anyway, that is all we have for you this week. Felipe, thank you so much for being the first three-time guest of Aang in there. Truly king of the guests. Where can people keep up with you when you're not on, uh, on Aang in there? I'll try to keep this brief. You can follow me on all social media, including TikTok, at WhatTheFleep. Um, I do the What You're Doing podcast with the lovely previous guest of this podcast, because I'm Navi, the Twitterless queen that she is, um, and Davis comma Will. We talk about Phineas and Ferb, the both of you have been guests. We've talked about the hallucinogenic zebras on Jacob's episode and sports and SIMP spoils my pants on Zach's episode. Uh, definitely check it out. Uh, we just recorded a podcast today uh, where Navi talks about the journalism of Playboy. Um, so that that that's a tease for you all. Um, and then over on wow. the Brazilian Dragon podcast, uh, we are doing Scooby Snacks and Chats with this man in the red shirt right now, uh, Jacob. Uh, this is legitimately a pink shirt. Sorry, the lighting was off in that moment. Um, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I got so upset with you. <laughs> um, also, uh, we did uh, a Sex Education Season 3 podcast with AJ Norris. And every month we're going to the Nao movies. And Jacob, Naomi, and I will be talking about the B movie at some point, sometime. Um, but the main thing over there right now is Scooby Snacks and Chats, which is a Scooby-Doo cinematic movie rewatch, and also Disney Channel original movies. We talk a lot about those. Wow. More than four and a half podcasts, if you count up all of them. Akiva, beware. Felipe is out there. Jacob, are you going to abandon Akiva if he's not going to appreciate your stand-up and come stand me instead? No, no, no. no. no? Not a chance in the world. I'm loyal to the so soil. And, oh, and you can keep up with all of my complaints about how I am actually Akiva's uh, biggest fan at JK Redmond. Zach, where can people keep up with you? You can find me on Twitter at ZachMohammed32. Haven't been really tweeting too much. I've kind of been off Big social media though. recently. Pardon me? You're you're good on the likes and the retweets, though. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah that's that true. Sense. That's true. I like to follow people for their likes yeah. and retweets. Zach well, did though. ask me, what did Navi do to get banned on Twitter? I, was, I literally responded, I don't know, fam. Yeah, I, was, I was curious. I was like, why is Navi off Twitter? Like, I was like, what could she have possibly posted to get banned She knows banned what she Twitter? did, and she won't share with us. I think she did something scandalous. No, I'm kidding. Navi's, <laughs> Navi's the nicest person alive. Um, All so. right. Well, I guess maybe we'll figure out what happened to Nami's Twitter in a future episode. But until then, that's all we have for this week, folks. See you next time. Peace out, guys. Bye.